Yeah. Hey, hold on. Can we can we have a new name for Andy and Steven? I, I throw this while Andy's on the show. I throw it out there. So instead of like the co-masters of the dual screens, can we like call them the double dragons of the dual screens? <laughs> Is that something we can do? Is that a good name? Just throw it. Am out. I Bimmy and or Jimmy? My well, which Bimmy. one do you want to be? I think I want to be Bimmy because. <laughs> I could be a little slow sometimes, and Bimmy sounds like the best name for me. So, so tricky. Obviously, you're not. You didn't play Double Dragon back in the day because instead of Billy and Jimmy Lee, they um, it was it the original game, the Nintendo game. I think it was the NES uh, port. Yeah, mm-hmm. they messed up the spelling of the brother's name. So instead of Billy and Jimmy, it was Bimmy and Jimmy. I did not know that. That's the little. Oh, yeah. uh, Video game historical fact there. That, that was like an impromptu digital gaming right here on this <laughs> on Trophy Horse. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. Everybody and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 541. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, and the legend, it's Alex. Tricky, I'm going to have you know that I am super excited about this episode because, you know, of course, my luck, the one episode a year I can't do because of my crappy internet, because AT&T screws up my internet service and I can't record the show. It was with Andy. I couldn't record with Andy, but you know what? This is a different week, and this is a different time, and I finally, I've been waiting for this day, because I get to record with a very special guest. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, Yield <laughs> may or may not be joining us, he's too busy watching the, the Bengals lose to the Cowboys right now. So yeah, hopefully. if the Cowboys win that, he may not be joining us. <laughs> he may not join us. But we do have a guest, as Alice alluded to, he is the other master of the dual screens, it's Mr. Andy. How are you doing, sir? You should always ask Alex to ask me to come on the show, because I think I'd always say yes. All right. Uh, for everybody live on, uh, everybody knows we're live on Twitch. If you have not listened to the shows lately, we've been doing live streams. And as I did before the show, I want to give a shout out to both Felicia and uh, Rick, who are in the chat already. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate you guys being here. And also, if you watch it on Twitch, uh, that is not an error on Andy's trophy card. He has uh, decided to block his trophies from PSN profile, so we just have a blank card for him. My life is Andy, a blank you card. you can explain why you block your trophies? Because it bothers you so much. <laughs> if, it didn't, if it didn't bother you, I'd be like, okay, I don't like being told what to do. So that's, that's really what it stems from? <laughs> Because okay. Rick was about to ask why your trophy is showing up as zero. Uh, so, yes. I mean, I'm sure that Andy would put us to shame, but, uh, you know. No, I, 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 really, I really truly would not. I don't, I don't like hunt for trophies. I don't like only select games, I feel like. Maybe Bloodborne, Spider-Man, Elden Ring, Returnal. Like, I have a handful of games that have platinumed, but I don't really like make that a thing when i was like back in the 360 era i was super like high on achievements and my whole life was around getting all of them for every game i owned 
But as I get older, I just let that shit go. Yeah, you're that. probably better off for that. But also, like, we've had this discussion with Steven before when Steven was on, is that when you play as many games as you all do to do your podcast, you, you don't have time to really do all the trophy hunting. And and to be honest, to some degree, trophy hunting makes games worse, gonna be honest. So mm. you can you mm-hmm. can definitely make that argument. They're a good thing. They're a bad thing. There's There's two sides of that coin. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, Rick, uh, Felicia says uh, she would never accept a friend request from you, Andy, because she would think you were a bot. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, if you got zero trophies, but... Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like even sending your friend requests out anyway, so... Sure. <laughs> to be fair, like, I'm, I'm friends with Andy on, uh, on the PSN, and I can see his trophies, so they were added to the agenda. You know what's funny that I, I, I totally changed them by the way. <laughs> I am primarily a peer offline when I'm on PlayStation. Yes, you are. There's some people that I know, like old friends from high school, that every time I jump online they insist on talking to me and I just want to play a game, like in peace and quiet with the headphones on, to get like the full ambiance and like ensconced in the game. And they just want to talk, which I like. It's fine. But, you know, just call me like during the day, not like two in the morning. I'm trying to play like, you know, fucking Elden Ring and enjoy a peaceful game without being bothered by people. <laughs> Listen, I, I get that because uh, sometimes I don't want to be bothered either. So Listen, I am not an extrovert. I love people, but I just when I play my game, I like to do it in peace and quiet and just be about playing the game, not about having like a prolonged chat session. But this is just how I how I approach games. I mean, I'm a very a very extroverted person as well. Like when I'm at work, like I I enjoy talking to people, you know, even interacting with the public to some degree. But um, you know, when I get home and just kind of there's a certain amount of time that I want to spend just like playing a game by myself and just be left alone. Like I don't want to be in the mix of people. So like we all got to have our recharge time there. You know, our own introverted time, even if you are someone who gets along well with other people. Yes, and you know if you're if you're online playing Elden Ring and people can see that you're you're not prepared to, you know, hang out or <laughs> play a multiplayer game. I'm sure Nitro was running some Rocket League Thursday the other other day with Riley, and I was sitting there playing Castlevania: The Anniversary Collection, and I was like, I "Hope they try, don't try and invite me because I'm well invested into Vampire Slain right now, and I'm not doing anything else." <laughs> All right, so. I uh, there's been a request from the audience. Uh, Felicia has redeemed the hydrate uh, channel point system, so everybody has to take a drink right now. All right, I got some tea, so I'll uh, cheers to that. Uh, I I wasn't aware of the drink situation. I have a red soul look up with a kidney stone in it. I'm not going to drink that. You don't put that back in your body. <laughs> I'm gonna put I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that back where I found it. <laughs> All right, we, we were just talking about trophies. Let's go over updated trophy count. I am level 684, total trophies of 16,815 with 373 platinums. Alex? You know, I do this every week, and I never have the trophy thing open, but thankfully I have fast fingers and get to the agenda very quickly. I am level 463, 463 with a total trophy count of 8,128 and a platinum count of 129 and 128 games. 128 games. Yield is level 479, total trophies of 8,763 with 156 platinums. 
Sid is continuing his streak of dominating everybody and is now level 728 with 17,319 trophies and 504 platinums. And Andy, what are you looking at, sir? I I have everything you have plus one. <laughs> is, what, is what I did to your Oh, document. it's the old Price is Right bid. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, but I'm... I'm going to quickly undo this and get my exact count because I don't want to be a complete asshole. Uh, my level apparently is 270. I have 2,234 trophies and four platinums, according to hey, the It threw me off for a second because I knew you had four platinums. Also, it was just like 374. I'm like, wait. <laughs> I, I love you, Andy. I really do. But sometimes you're a real ball breaker. Uh, I'd, rather, I'd rather not be like than always be a ball breaker. <laughs> That that coming, you know that Andy, when he calls you that, that's coming from someone who likes to just bust balls all the time. Like I, I feel like fifty percent of what Tricky says is followed up by "I'm just busting balls." Yes. All right. So Rick wants to know, Andy, what are your four platinums? Oh God, I'm pretty sure one of them. Okay, for sure, one's Returnal, one's Bloodborne. I think the other one's Spider Man, and I think the fourth one is. Oh fuck. The Walking Dead? Not Walking Dead, no. I'm trying to think what the fourth one is. I really couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Oh, I know, I know. Final Fantasy 15. Before, like, all the other ones, all the DLC ones are added post-release. So, yeah, those are the four. Gotcha. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, let's get into what we're playing. Andy, we'll start it off with you. What have you been playing, sir? Oh man, I've been like playing a lot of old PlayStation One games. I'm like in that mode again. Every year, I, I kind of like fall into a PS One like mode, where I kind of go through like a bunch of old stuff that I've beaten like a thousand times and play it again. I just this past weekend, for I think the tenth time, finished Mega Man Legends because I fucking love that game, one of my favorite games growing up, ever. And uh, I also started replaying. For, I think the 100th time, uh, Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation One because it's that that game that game that game I think is the perfect game. There's nothing wrong with that game at all, at all. Don't say don't tell that to Alex. Alex, uh, Alex doesn't like Metal Gear. He's entitled to his opinion. I'm just saying I think it's the perfect game. You know, Andy, I have to ask since you've really been it. busting out PlayStation PlayStation games, uh, original PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Is there any Mega Man X4? In that rotation? Oh, God. X4. X4, I'm saving for. I'm going to Nantucket next weekend. And we're pl- we're planning a Mega Man X complete run through the entire series. Every game from 1 to uh, 8. That should be fun. So I'm saving it. Well, I'm glad you'll have Mega Man to keep you company. Yeah, so I'm excited. X4, I think, is my favorite Mega Man X game of all of them. Mega Man one. X4 is is one of those games I think that like because I like growing up like Mega Man two and three and Mega Man X like you had immediate respect for them, but like Mega Man four and then Mega Man X4, I feel like as the years have gone on, have gotten more due respect because I don't feel like they were initially as beloved by the community 
and now looking back, they're considered two of the, the better Mega Man games, so I definitely have come to appreciate Mega Man X4 more mm-hmm. in adulthood, even though I played it as a kid, you know, when it came out for the original PlayStation uh, PS1. Yeah, they were the game changers. I, I, the only X game I ever played was X. I never played uh, anything else. I mean, that's a good one to play. Mega Man X, I still think, is the best. I, I think it's the best Mega Man game ever made, but, you know. That's just me. All right. Uh, Rick's saying that Twitch has lost audio, so uh, talk for a second. Oh, nope. He said, never mind. He fucking muted it. <laughs> but hey, he's looking out for us. He's trying to make sure that everyone can hear the audio. So thanks, Rick. Thank, good looking out. Good guy. He, he good says, guy, Rick. Uh, he's, he goes, I think Twitch has lost audio unless it's just me. And he says, anyone else? And then as I'm going to do it, I see the message. Oh, I fucking muted it. What a dumbass. Well, also, don't be so hard on yourself, Rick, because it's late over there. He's across the pond, and it's super late over there. I don't know. Quarter after 12 is super late. Yeah, especially on a work night when you, people got to go to work the next day. Fair point. Mm-hmm. Or if you're over 40, it's late. <laughs> I know Felicia's listening to us. It's uh, Monday morning for her. So, Wait, did Felicia get up early to listen to us, or is it did Felicia stay up super late? Well, it's like 9 a.m. for her right now. Ah, uh, okay. So, I don't know if she, like, stayed up all night or woke up or whatnot. Uh, Rick says he has no work because the queen died. Man, how long y'all gonna milk that? <laughs> and Felicia says, yep, star, start of the work week, start of my shift, listen in to Trophy Horse. Alright, well, hopefully we uh, can give you a good episode, Felicia, and get you through the day rather quickly. Alright, uh, Alex, what have you been playing, sir? You know, I didn't get a Platinum this week, but I did get my next 100% completed game with the Castlevania Anniversary Collection. Finished up Simon's Quest, Castlevania 2, early this morning. And, um, if you guys are gonna play that game for trophies, I will give you a tip. You, uh, need to create a save, because each game has its own, like, one save manual save file you can do, and if you, you know, every time you save, you rewrite over your previous save for this specific game. So, Castlevania has its own save file, manual save file, 2 has its own manual save file, and so on and so forth. So, there have been issues that people have had with getting the gold trophy in this collection, which is complete every game. So, make sure that you have a save file, a manual save file, that is at the very beginning of the final fight with Dracula, or is somewhere in the middle of that, or somewhere close to the end of the game, because you may have to go back and and replay a game or two. Um, I had to, after getting all the trophies, I had to go back and replay the final fight in the original Castlevania to get the gold trophy to pop for me. I think that some people have said, you know, when the credits are rolling or after the game is done, make sure you hit L2 on the on the uh, PlayStation controller and then hit exit, and that'll take you back to the main screen where it's got, like, all the all the games you can select from. Um, but, uh, but yeah, people have got had trouble with getting credit for completing all the games and getting the gold trophy. So just make sure to be safe you have a save file towards the end of every single one of the Castlevania games. Uh, but, yeah, Castlevania Anniversary Collection, really enjoyed... Like, it's the first time I've actually probably beaten most of those games, if not all of them. Um, I think, I believe I've beaten the first Castlevania, but I certainly had never beaten Castlevania 4, Castlevania 2, probably not even Castlevania 3. Uh, and I just had a great time. Castlevania, I still enjoy playing the original Castlevania as well as Dracula's Curse and Super Castlevania 4. Uh, was really surprised by how good the second Game Boy game was, Castlevania 2 Belmont's Revenge. Really good handheld game. Um, 
big step up over the the uh, the first Game Boy game they came out with Castlevania Adventure, which I did not like. It was probably my least favorite game in this collection because the there's four levels and the second one is kind of a maze level, so I got turned around and somehow ended up earlier back in a level um, after getting pretty far. And then also the third level is an auto scrolling level where spike a spike wall chases you, which on Game Boy controls is very terrible. So I didn't really like the first Game Boy game, but uh, Belmont's uh, Revenge, the second one, is very, very good, surprisingly good, and still holds up decently well, you know, playing on a PlayStation 5 in 2022. Uh, really, you know, uh, Castlevania Bloodlines, which was the Genesis, overall good game, but kind of, you know, leans into the fact that, you know, in in retrospect, the games, the, most of the games that we got for the Genesis as compared to the Super Nintendo, like, you know, comparing Turtles in Time and, and Hyperstone Heist for the Turtles fans out there, yeah, Genesis kind of got screwed in that regard, because, yeah, you could have the Blood and Mortal Kombat, but, you know, games like Bloodlines were not as good as the, as the Super Nintendo counterpart, uh, but still a good game. Really cool how, like, in Bloodlines, you do, like, a trek across important places in Europe, like uh, Munitions Factory in Germany, you go to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, like, you, you trek across Europe in order to get to the final place where you fight Castlevania. The, um, the last, the, the capper was uh, Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, and this is kind of a very divisive game, because I'm sure that many people have seen the Angry Video Game Nerd episode on the game, and, like, overall, like, I have mm-hmm. a love-hate relationship with this game because overall, like, it plays better than the first Castlevania. It looks better, it plays better. Just the, even today, like, the gameplay is still pretty solid. And, you know, instead of having the the level-by-level thing where you start at the beginning of a level and you gotta go to the end and fight a boss, like, they have a more open structure to where you're going in between towns and fighting enemies, you know, in forests and swamps and graveyards. And you have to go to these five mansions to collect a piece of Dracula, like his rib, his eyeball, his ring, his heart... And then I, the last one's his nail. And then once you have all the pieces from all those mansions, you go to Castle Dracula, you burn all five of those things, and it, you know, summons Dracula for a final fight. So it's a really cool concept, but the big problem with the game is that they don't tell you much. They kind of just let leave you to wander around, and, you know, that, that was one of the big things in the Angry Video Game Nerd video. Like, there's a section of the game where you have to go to a cliff and have to have a special crystal kneel down for a few seconds and then have a tornado take you to another area of the map. And they don't they don't give you any information on that. Like villagers and towns will give you little hints, but as far as like getting started and where to go, there's no like overworld map, so you kind of just have to remember where things are. So the game is really bad at telling you, you know, basically giving you cues on what to do. So you're just kind of wandering around. I had to go to a YouTube video to start the play like the playthrough because I wanted to make it through all the game for the first time. But I had I, I didn't know what to do, so I kind of had to lean on a walkthrough through the entire entire game because there's just no cues and they don't give you nearly enough information to finish the game. So, uh, gr- as far as game goes, cool concept, great you know, great gameplay, but just like the the whole communicating to the player on what they're supposed to do and giving them objectives is just really poor, like really really bad. So I mean that kind of hinders the game to some degree. Uh, but even though they went to the original style, you know when it comes to to Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse, they did something more in the vein of the first game. I definitely think Simon's Quest is a good game that, you know, deserves credit for trying to do something different. But man, if they could just give you better hints or just like an overall better sense of what to do, like it, it could have been one of the better Castlevania games, but it's just kind of hindered by that. So, uh, but yeah, Castlevania Anniversary Collection, a great collection for anyone who loves Castlevania. So. I want to share a quick, a, quick, a quick story on that before you go any further. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Andy. That that whole Castlevania 2 bit. When I was a kid, I was stuck at that same exact spot 
We have to like kneel with the red crystal for the for the little cyclone thing to pick you up and teleport you out of the to the next area. I I believe it was either eleven or twelve year old me, maybe younger, wrote into Nintendo Power, and I got an actual physical letter from them with how to proceed in the game, because there was no game facts back then or YouTube to like see how to get past if you were stuck. So I legit wrote a letter. And they wrote back to me with like, here's what you do. You have to go here with the crystal and like just squat, pop a squat for like three seconds. Yeah, because there's like an in-game hint about like putting your head against the cliff. You have to, yeah, but... the, the translation says bump your head against the cliff, which makes no sense. And also like in terms of like little hints, it's also really bad translations also affect the game. So that's also part of why, like, it can be a little cryptic. It's just bad localization, which also made it a little bit more difficult to see where the progression was after a certain point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, you just have to buy all of the items, except for maybe the Thorn Whip. You basically just have to buy all of the items that um, in the first town and then progress to there to buy to the next town to buy, you know, whatever items they have there. But, mm -hmm. like, there's uh, a guy in the first town I can't remember the name of all the towns, but there's a guy that basically tells you there's a, a basically essentially a bootlegger vendor who's going to screw you over in this town. So beware. <laughs> so like I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, there's a guy selling a white crystal, you know, for 50 hearts in the town. Oh, surely he's trying to screw me over. L you know, l later do you find out that you actually need the crystals to progress in the game. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> that game. Um, yeah, they definitely, I, I can understand, like, if you're a playtester in that game or you're a creator of that game, like, sure, it makes sense to you that you would do all these things because you made the game. But, like, the fact that this didn't come up right. in playtesting, that people wouldn't know how to progress, especially kids who were the ones who were primarily playing on the NES back in those days. It's crazy to think that this game got mm -hmm. out looking like it did. And the fact that, you know, you go to look at Ocarina of Time and how many how many people had trouble with the water temple in the original release, and then when they made the 3DS version, how they improved things and made it easier, and, and actually changed mechanics of the temple, like, you know, they, they made it so you could never get stuck in the temple, regardless of how you use the keys. Because that was a big problem in the original release, is that people would get stuck without any keys, and they had to start the game all over again. And then in the, the Forest Temple, there's a key in the very first room of the Forest Temple up on a, a tree, at the top of a tree, but you never saw that based on the camera angle, so people would be less one key and not know how to progress. In the re-release on 3DS, the camera actually panned up to show you the chest in the tree. So they made improvements on, like, you know, The Legend of Zelda. In this game, they didn't even, like, they didn't make any edits. They didn't change anything. They, you know, they they kept the games as they were, even down to, like, the, you know, when you collect an item, like one of Castlevania or one of Dracula's body parts, it still says, you now process. You know, they threw an, an R in there instead of just saying possess. So they didn't even go back and change any of the typos. They just put the games on there with, a you know, a save state that you could make and just put it back out. <laughs> the fact that they wouldn't go back and try to improve oh, the gameplay and give you better hints. Like, it's still a great collection, but come on, Konami, put a little bit more work into that. Like, you know, it's not like a Turtles game where essentially you know exactly where to go because the left end is a dead end and the right end is where you can scroll. So, it's, you know, the fact that right, Konami right, didn't go right, back right. and change more is a little bit ridiculous, but... You know, it, it, they're, they're a walkthrough. So just if you get stuck, just lean on a walkthrough. That's probably what most people still have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have been playing uh, Division, obviously, and I've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm getting back into that, starting to make my way through. So 
That's all I've been playing. Good luck on your 300-hour platinum. I don't know that I'm going to get the platinum. <laughs> um, just like uh, the Bengals tied up the score, but then uh, just lost, I guess, to a field goal. So, Oof. Yeah, we may not see yield. We may not see yield, but uh, I am keeping an eye out for him. All right, so Trick, you gonna post? You gonna post any Dallas Cowboys or shitty memes in the group t- tomorrow or tonight? I I can't stand the Cowboys, so it, win or lose, I still post them. <laughs> How's that gonna make Ben feel? I I, I don't know. I mean, if I I don't, I only post anti Cowboy memes, so you would assume that he would uh be okay with that. Yeah, but if you're gonna dog the Cowboys for being a bad team and the Bengals just lost to the Cowboys, you're dogging the Bengals too. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a two-for-one special, I guess. I think I think you just hate hate Ohio is what it is. Uh, no. Actually, I have no problem with Ohio. I just go after them because uh, that Dallas Cowboy-loving person, uh, Homer, gets stuffed. Giant-loving. He, he loves the Giants. He loves some, some New York teams. No, nah, no. Nah, he, he, only, he only likes the, the Dallas Cowgirls. You're you're gonna make him fly to New York and fight you, fist fight you. Uh, all right. So let's get into our topics. Our first topic, uh, along with most of our topics, are coming from IGN. First one is written by Ryan Dinsdale. Uh, PlayStation Stars loyalty program to start rolling out this month. Uh, it has an update to the story, so we'll go to the original story first. Sony has announced a new rewards program called the PlayStation Stars that will allow players to earn points with real cash value. Announced on the PlayStation blog, the loyalty program will begin later this year, though Sony didn't say exactly when. It will be free to sign up. Players will be able to complete objectives with some as simple as playing a game for once a month to earn points that can be later redeemed for the PlayStation Store for other or other rewards. The catalog of items may include PSN wallet funds and select PlayStation Store products, and members of PlayStation Plus will receive points for purchasing items on the store, similar to the My Nintendo program. Uh, outside of the PlayStation Store-related rewards, users can also earn digital collectives, collecti- collectibles that are digital representations of things PlayStation fans enjoy, including fig- figurines of beloved and iconic characters from the games and other forms of entertainment, as well as cherished devices that tap into Sony's history of innovation. Uh, so NFTs you aren't to pay for? I, I, I would assume so. Uh, There's an update to the story. It says uh, Sony has shared a first look at some of the items that will, will be available. Uh, Sony's Grace Chen. Grace Chen, didn't she make Journey? Or am I thinking of somebody else? You're thinking of Genova Chen. Oh, okay. Uh, Genova Chen. Be- <laughs> I, I wasn't too far off. Uh, you had the first name entirely wrong. But I had the last name. You don't get brownie points You're for that. You're really off. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, does this excite you guys, the PlayStation Stars program? Uh, Andy, we'll start with you. It's cute. You know, I'm glad that it's there, that it's a thing like how Nintendo lets you accumulate currency that you can redeem towards buying a game one day. I think after years and years of buying Switch games, I was able to buy like something for $10. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow, freebie. Um, yeah, in, in, in 2035, you'll be able to buy Luigi's Mansion 5. Exactly. 
So it's nice that, you know, I'm getting a percentage of my purchase purchasing power back to me at, at, in something that I can use at some point 10, 15 years from now. But, you know, the digital things are cute. Little, like, cutesy mascot characters from PlayStation's history are nice to see. Um, yeah, you know, it's cute. You know, it's not anything earth-shattering. It's nice that it's there. Um, the one thing that I find really interesting is this whole thing that I saw towards the bottom that there's going to be special rewards for those that get the platinum first on a game, which is interesting. Yes. So that's kind of neat. Which will I'm, never I'm be hoping... any of us. Right. So I'm wondering how that really works. Like, is it, I would imagine it can't be something that's going to make other players salty or mad. Like, well, I can't have like everything this game offers because of this one weird caveat. So I'm hoping it's like a, a cash prize. Like, you get $10 PSN points if you get the first platinum in this game. I think that kind of makes the most sense, but. We'll see what this extra special what about a badge, award, like like on your trophy list, a badge, sure, like signifies sure, yeah, that that'd be kind of cool. Fir- you were the first person to get the platinum trophy and yeah. just had it next to the platinum trophy icon. Well, I I think the problem with doing that is going to be uh, you're going to get the reviewers that are always going to get the game early, and that's not going to be fair to the. Yeah, general but I don't public. think reviewers are chasing plat. I don't think reviewers are chasing plat- trophies when they're trying to play a game, dude. They're trying to pump out content, so it's all about speed running to the end and writing a piece. And I think you know what? Honestly, I don't think most reviewers finish all the games they review because of time constraints. I mean, they'll have, they'll have a, a leg up for sure, but you know. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say like uh, a good majority of them, but you know, I mean, I mean, we both all the Greg Miller boast about having the the platinum and infamous first. He, he's platinum another game which i can't remember off the top of my head before the game like three days before the game was even released and was bragging about it i'm not saying it's gonna be like an endless problem but there's got to be a way to i I don't want to say disqualify people but if you get the game early like i it's you obviously you're uh you know should be rewarded for that when uh, you know the mass public doesn't have access to the game yet Right. It depends on what the actual award is. I mean, I'm pretty sure, like Alex said, it's going to be like some sort of little badge, like, hooray, you did it first. <laughs> and then it's like, it's like a super platinum trophy. Uh, Rick says in the chat, I don't think it's going to be uh, E first. I'll be first X number of people depending on the game. Matt G says, let's hope it's only on valid plats, no rat plats. Rick says, I think that's just worded badly. Felicia says, LOL, rat plats are real plats compared to the modern plat trash. And then Rick says, yeah, rat plats eat the shit out of the stroke the dog. Okay. I don't know what stroke the dog means. Is that a, you guys are familiar with that term? You, you would be familiar with that more than we would. Because apparently know. that's in the category of, of, of rat spam. I've never... Oh, okay. Rick says it's a new game, so <laughs> I've I've heard Stroke the Dog. I gotta go check that out. Yeah, Tricky's now got eight versions of Stroke the Dog to play for a Platinum Trophy next next January. Stroke the uh, Dog. Okay. He says I'll be doing it on January first. Yeah, you want to look it up? Is it a rat black? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, clearly it tells you in the title what you're going to be doing. Like you're going to be petting a dog. This game just came up. out like a day ago. <laughs> What the hell is this? Is is it a rat plat? 
Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. The scripture says, dog, man, or woman's best friend. Aren't we all lucky to have one? But that shouldn't mean that you don't get to stroke one whenever you like. Get a real life yet. Get a real life yet. Not actually a real puppy in your front room or bedroom or bathroom or kitchen or wherever you have your TV. Stroke it as many times as you want and then stroke it some more. Relax with a dog. Yeah, I don't like this whole stroking situation. <laughs> yeah, that adds a dark element to this. I-, I have never referred to petting my dog as stroking my dog. That's like a Red Rocket scenario, <laughs> which I don't want to even get close to. And the game costs $4, by the way. Yeah, very clearly it's a it's a, a game where you're meant to get a very easy platinum trophy very quickly. Uh, right. Felicia says it will take you four minutes to do all eight stacks. Um, and Rick says it's three minutes to get 70 bronze and one platinum. 70 bronze? My gosh. Is that the most bronze trophies in any game? At least, well, as, as far as I know, any game that I've ever seen, that's the most. Because most games don't even have 70 trophies. This has 71 uh, Rick trophies. Rick says yes. Rick says yes. Ugh. I mean, I know Rocket League has more total trophies than that because of all the DLC they released, but as far as like a base game, that's a lot. Yeah, uh, I I think right now, and I could be wrong, I think DCU actually has the most trophies associated with the game because they have all the base trophies, and then it's, I think it's like 45 DLC trophy list. Oh well, Rocket League, God, uh, Rocket League, well, yeah, that's that's a lot. Rocket League has 88 total, which is the most of any game I've played. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look up DCU uh, as we go into our next topic. Oh, here, well, I guess is... I... Tricky doesn't. You, you see that, Andy? Tricky doesn't care what I'm saying. So you just said Rocket League has how many trophies? But you didn't. 88. You didn't ask me. I think. I think I'm gonna have a stroke because I just watched this stroke the dog game. It is like legit a static image of a dove, a real dog against like a navy blue background, and it's ca- it's there's nothing. It's a picture of a dog. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. What the fuck is this? That's art. That is art. <laughs> there, there's another game. Uh, oh, I'm gonna have an aneurysm. This is how I die. <laughs> I, there's another game where you literally just hold down either L1 or R1, and this car on a, you know, like a, just the image goes from left to right, back and forth, and it's like a, a background, and you hold it, and you get a platinum in like 40 seconds or something. Mm-hmm. And there's a turbo version of it, which gives you the trophy faster. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so... Well, hold on, Tricky. Before we move on, can I just comment on the previous story? Yes, please, Alex. Give us your, give us your thoughts. Thank you, Andy. That's why I appreciate I appreciate having you on so much. Um, oh, you're very welcome. Please. Um, but it's... You want me just like, to, you know, take the side? You guys could just do the rest of the show by yourselves? <laughs> I mean, we need, we need someone to like stroke. <laughs> Look, Andy and I, Andy and I will talk while you're over there stroking a dog. Okay, like that. Right, just, just for the record, DCO has 123 trophies. That's a lot. Um, oh god. Yeah, I mean, PlayStation needs something like this because obviously Nintendo, regardless of how much of a pittance they give you for every game you buy, they have a loyalty service. As we've heard before from from people, I think Rick and uh, and Jeff had talked about it before, like. Microsoft has something like this as well. And previously, Sony had one of these things where 
based on what trophies you got. Like if you got a platinum trophy, it was worth more in points than other trophies. But that all went towards money that you could get to use on the PlayStation Store because Tricky would always talk about he got so many platinum trophies in crappy games that he basically didn't have to pay for these, some of these games because they paid for themselves because he was getting platinum trophies for it. Right, Tricky? That was a service that you used. Uh, yeah, that was the um, uh, Sony Rewards Program. So it's like Sony had one of these already and now it's not carrying I guess that's dead, but it, it would be nice if Sony would just commit to this and it would carry over because the My Nintendo Club has carried over since the Wii, I'm pretty sure. So at least they, they've had it for at least, you know, generations now. So Sony, if they're going to introduce this, stick with it and don't just abandon it after one console generation. So, um, and also I'm not super excited about having to, not having to, but just making another digital collectible beyond trophies and, you know, these historic Sony NFTs or whatever, these figurines, these digital figurines, like, great. Another thing to collect on Sony consoles. I'm fine with just trophies, but do we really need another thing to collect? That in in the long run doesn't mean anything, you know. I agree. I agree. I feel it, it, it's it's fluff, you know. It's nice to have, but again, it doesn't really add much to like my core experience on playing on PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate like the preservation of games history and kind of the touting of that, and you know, allowing mm-hmm. people to relive that. But at the same time, also, it's like, oh boy, more collectibles. It's like, you know oh boy, another subscription service that I have to subscribe to in order to watch the TV shows I want to watch. Like, it's just like more and more on top when trophies themselves are just fine. They're just fine, so. So yeah, but I I just want to see that this loyalty program, I think it's necessary because, you know, your competitors do it, but also just make it a standard. Don't abandon it, you know. Carry Mm -hmm. it over. Mm -hmm. All right. Next story we have is coming from IGN, written by Matt Kim. Team Ninja announces an open-world samurai game, Rise of the Ronin. Uh, It's going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive coming in 2024. The debut trailer showed an open-world game set in the modernization period of Japan after the arrival of the Commodore Perry. The main character, an unnamed Ronin, is seen traversing Japan, jumping off buildings, and using gliders. Said at the end of the Edo period in the late 19th century Japan, Rise of the Ronin is set during a uh, time of civil war between the Shogun and the anti-Shogunate forces. Players will become the Ronin, a warrior without a master who is free to make their own choices. Players will be able to use both katanas and new weapons such as firearms, which begin to enter Japan during this time. The developers of this t- of the developers call this time quote the darkest and ugliest chapters, end quote, in Japan's history and hopes to showcase this new era in the country. Uh, Andy, we'll go to you first. Is this something you're looking forward to? I mean, I'm a huge fan of Team Ninja. I loved, loved, loved Ninja Gaiden back in the day. Huge fan of Neo. Looking forward to Wulong when that comes out. There's a demo out right now, I think, on PSN. You can all check out as well. And seeing their next game being an evolution, that same sort of like formula of Ninja Gaiden looks like it meets Elden Ring in this open world scenario. This was one of the best things I saw at the showcase, which wasn't a lot <laughs> to begin with. But um, I'm just wondering at what point is Sony going to scoop these guys up? And make them part of the family. Because I feel between Neo and now this game being a console exclusive to the PlayStation 5, I'm wondering what sort of 
backdoor chatter is had between both Sony and Team Ninja in terms of getting them as a part of the family. Because I feel like they've worked a long time together with publishing deals and exclusive deals, and it seems like it's going it's going to go in that route um, sooner rather than later. But this game looks amazing it gave me like ghosts of tsushima vibes which i love that game to death and seeing more of that setting and aesthetic and world building and just the japanese folklore yeah just right into my veins give it to me i want it all right alex alex before i let you go uh some comments matt g says this is why we don't need assassin's creed japan and rick says do we need Mm -hmm. assassin's creed anymore uh, and then Rick also says they're hot on the heels of Final Fantasy at this point for mainline games. Uh, listen, I, I I get what everybody's saying about this, but everybody's been clamoring for Assassin's Creed and the fact that they're now giving it to you. I mean, granted, it's late, but they're giving it to you and everybody's shitting on it. Alex? I mean, I don't think people are being unfair about this. Like, if you're going to have these other games coming out, because even the existence of Ghost of Tsushima and any potential sequel to that in some way diminishes this Team Ninja game. I mean, it, it like, you know, obviously Ghost Tsushima focuses on the Mongol invasion um, of the Japanese islands, and this is going to focus more on the conflict uh, between the Ronin and the Shogun, which, you know, you got, you know, you, you got some of that, or you got, that was included somewhat in the dialogue and the backstory of Ghost Tsushima, but it wasn't on the forefront. So this is going to be a little bit different thing. So I get that. But, you know, it's it's kind of like we're now getting this wealth of you know, games starring Samurais and Ronin, and I don't know this. Like, how many how many of these games do you need? Like, I'm surprised. Well, first of all, I'm surprised this is a console exclusive. You know, because like Andy said, you know, Team Ninja are they in some form going to be snapped up by by Sony? Because you have Ghost of Tsushima, which is an exclusive of one of your own studios, and then you're going to have this game on there as well. I mean, I don't know. It seems like a lot in a short period to expect people to play because. Regardless of how good this game is, I mean, who knows? I might pick it up, but you know, Goshishima being there definitely kind of like any other game to follow in that, like set in that timeline, is going to kind of be in the shadow of that because it was such a good game. And yeah, I mean, I think I think it's fair to crap on the Assassin's Creed game because it's like you you missed your chance, and now you're falling in the footsteps of these other games. And are people even going to be excited about? Because I guarantee this Teen Ninja game is going to come out before. Um, the Assassin's Creed game. It's, you know, because we only got like oh, a small sure. teaser to the Assassin's Creed game. So, do you then well, have... I, I got, Assassin's Creed is probably not going to be out until 20... No, well... They're coming out with Mirage in next year, so 2023. I would assume that Codename Red is probably going to come out in at least 24 or 25. And, but depending on how good this, this Team Ninja game is, like, you have these great games release, and then all of a sudden, you know, years later, here comes Ubisoft, and like, hey guys, you know, what's up? Here's our, our Samurai game. It's like, we've we've been there, we've done that, wait, you know, because... Matt, well, Matt G says, you're right, Alice, but Ubi is behind the eight ball, and their game can't live up to the quality of what Sucker Punch did. True, and also, uh, I want to point out that because people have been so invested in the original Ghost of Tsushima, that they're likely to invest in the sequel as well. Like, they want to see that continuation of the story, which makes them, you know, if they want to commit to that game, it makes them less likely to want to play a game also dealing with with the samurai and the shogun and the ronin. So I hope the Team Ninja game is a success, but, you know, I definitely think that 
having so many games focused on this time, you know, who knows, maybe Goshishima is going to open the floodgates and it's like Norse mythology, like everyone wants to be part of the Norse mythology once, you know, the, the you know, Thor was really popular in the MCU and, and all of a sudden you see God of War go to Norse mythology and all this. But so maybe this is opening the floodgates, but I also think that it's kind of hard to follow in the footsteps and stand out when other games have done it, you know. I Goshishima is a better game than the Assassin's Creed games. I'll just throw that out there. Oh, that's without saying, yeah. Yeah, it's a better game overall. Now, not even comparing a samurai game versus samurai game, it's a better game than any Assassin's right. Creed game they've ever put out. So, I again, I think it's fair game to, to call them out for it. It's like you you waited and you're just following in the footsteps of, and you can't. It's going to be hard to compare to these other games. I think this can coexist with any Ghost sequel. I feel like Team Team Ninja does gameplay really well. They have a whole unique style of them with how they approach like their sort of like third person hack and slash sort of like leans more into that Dark Souls kind of gameplay vibe, but with more it's more faster. Um, so I think if they do it well enough, you can have this and a Ghost sequel live in the same ecosystem without a problem. Well, yeah, I mean, like like I said, they do delineate where, you know, Ghost, you're fighting the Mongols, whereas, and this is going to focus on, like, kind of a civil war almost in between, like, in Japan and some of the, the different classes or the different sides within Japanese society. So there is a difference. Uh, it's just kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but if you're, if you're following three other samurai games or, you know, you're coming out around the time Ghost Tsushima comes out, or Ghost Tsushima 2 comes out, you're in a little trouble there. Because Ghost Tsushima came out, what, in 20... Was it 2020? Yeah, that sounds about right, yeah, 2020. I think it's 2020. So we're now two years beyond that. I know they put out, you know, extra content in that regards, but, you know, you gotta, within the next year or two, you gotta be expecting, a, you know, a sequel's gonna pop up. So by that time, you know, I mean, I, I don't mean to discount the Ubisoft game as is, but Again, Goshishima started trending again on Twitter because everyone was shitting on that game. <laughs> <laughs> I think the ship has sailed for Ubi to make a decent, like, feudal Japan set Assassin's game. People wanted it for years, and Sony ate their lunch with ghosts. They beat them to it. They did it. They did it in a way that I think Ubi can never even hold a candle to. So whatever they do, I think is going to be a hot trash. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh well, let me ask you this. Uh, outside, you know, we're, this is what the third or fourth ninja game that we're getting, and you know, we've we've criticized. Well, I don't know if "criticized" is the right word, but we we've remarked that you know how many Star Wars games are coming out, and there's like seven or eight of those coming out. Are we now trending on the fact that like towards this is too many ninja games coming out? Because we you know we got the Assassin's Creed one, we got the. Um, uh, the way the wind meets or something like that. I can't remember the exact name of it. Well, I mean, there's always been, I mean, you think about like also Ninja Turtles, like there's always been, you think back to like Shinobi and to Ninja Gaiden, like, I mean, yeah, but Tenchu. Ninja Turtles is not, is not a ninja game. Yeah, but it's very broad. Like the, the whole concept of, oh, ninja games, like there's been a ton of those, but like Star Wars is a very different thing because Star Wars is very specific, whereas Ninja is like, that's like saying, oh, we got this many barbarian games or this many, you know, kings and knights games or this many yeah military games I, you know i i don't think there's a fear of a like a ninja game fatigue like i'm, I'm sort I of like 
I, I'm sort of like going in that direction with all the amount of Marvel games we're getting. But again, as long as they're all like, if the diversity of gameplay is there, like Midnight Suns, it's a tactics card game in the vein of XCOM. That's different than what we've seen from like Spider-Man or Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy. So as long as there's that, if it plays differently enough, it's not the same boring old formula like hack and slash, open world, go on a marker on the map, do some shitty side mission, you know, oh, look at this fun cameo. If you make it play differently enough from what we're seeing and being bombarded with on a daily basis, I will make time for it. All right. I mean, I just, I, I think when it comes to... I, you guys know I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan. Like, I think that Ubisoft has the potential to make a good game, and it does go against the normal hack and slash. I mean, Fuel Japan's never been, a, you know, like an interest of mine in the, you know, as a a background of a game. I did love Ghost of Tsushima. I was a little hesitant to it at first, but I wound up loving it enough to get the platinum twice in it. So. Yeah, I mean, Ubisoft has picked very unique settings with their uh, their Assassin's Creed games. But, I mean, well, Odyssey, you know, in Ancient Greece is not super uh, super unique. Uh, but overall, I mean, like, you know, Egypt, you think about, you know, the uh, during the, the Crusades with the first Assassin's Creed. You know, they've always picked out these really, like, unique and different timelines that, you know, apart from what other people were doing in the games industry. And, um... Yeah, just them all of a sudden, like, oh, feudal Japan. Like, I don't know. They, I feel like now it's just kind of like they're jumping on the bandwagon. You know, whether they had this planned out or not. You know, like I said, it's been two two years since Ghost of Tsushima came out, so maybe you throw an audible. Uh Kalos yelled at me. He says, uh, "It says Ninja in the title for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a ninja game." Uh... <laughs> Ninja game. And then and Rick, Rick says Ninja Gaiden needs a reboot or remake. And then they're debating on, in the chat whether or not it, that's already been done. Alright, so we're going to move on. Uh, our next story is going to have to do with a conversation we had last week about Jim Ryan uh, complaining about Microsoft uh, taking over Blizzard and Activision and to the point where uh, the statement was made that PlayStation is only going to get uh, Three more years after the current contract ends, um, and the only reason I'm bringing up this article, and then we could have a you know like a little short discussion about it, uh, is because last week I remarked that the wording of what that was said, I think people are misinterpreting, uh, because uh, just coming from the article it says this comes after PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan called Xbox's offer to extend Call of Duty's availability on the PlayStation platforms inadequate last week. Ryan says the extension only would have lasted three additional years after the existing agreements expired. And then this next line is why I brought up this article. It says, there's reportedly three Call of Duty games left to release on PlayStation under current contract, which includes this year's Modern Warfare 2. So, with that, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Alex first, because you were part of the conversation last week, then we'll go to Andy. Does this now mean that we're going to get at least six more Call of Duty games with the way that's worded now? I would assume so, but also, like, you know, I saw an article where it said that Microsoft reiterated the uh, the stance that it doesn't make sense to take Call of Duty off the PlayStation. Um, so I think you will always have Call of Duty in some form on the PlayStation. But 
we're assuming that Call of Duty is going to be a big old thing, like the biggest thing in the games industry for another six years. Like, we've seen how how quickly and how There's much... There's no reason to think it's not going to be when it's been for how many years now? Yeah, but I mean, what what kind of game, year after year, has sustained that kind of popularity? There's been no game. You know, because, I mean, you think of Mario titles, like, we don't get a Mario title every year. We don't get a Zelda title every year. Like, no other game series has had a yearly release, an annual release, and it maintained that popularity. People eventually burn out, regardless of what the game is. So, again, I don't think we can just assume that Call of Duty is going to be the cock of the walk in, you know, six years, seven years, another decade. I I think there's a better chance of Call of Duty falling off and not being, like, there being another game to replace Call of Duty than there is of Microsoft taking Call of Duty off of the Sony consoles. All right, Andy? I think if it's going to be either the next three games, the next six games, the next 20 games, I think they have to, and by they I mean Sony has to just realize that they're going to have to move on and accept that this franchise is not going to be on their systems at a, after a certain point, and all the cash it brings in, all the revenue is going to go away with it, and they're going to lose market share regardless. So they have to compete. Make something to take its place. Do a mag. Do a SOCOM. You have three other studios, one that you just purchased, that are working on AAA multiplayer brand new IPs. Make those compete in some way because you're going to lose Call of Duty. Yes, I know that these deals require deal scrutiny it's worth about 70 billion dollars and you know i don't like phil spencer he's a u.s car salesman mr i want i want games to be accessible to all yeah i'm gonna at some point lock these down to only my my ecosystem for those to play in so that that without saying that you know i would just say you have to deal with it sony and you have to accept the fact that you're gonna lose this it's a huge part of the revenue stream call of duty because most people are not like us most most gamers buy like two or three games a year and it's the madden the call of duty and whatever grand theft auto is out there the numbers don't lie about that so the second this franchise leaves playstation those normal, the, the normie gamers out there who just buy one or two games a year to play with their friends online because it's the newest iteration of said franchise are going to go to the other system to play with their friends and they won't look back. So. Can't listen to chat says Call of Duty is, uh, he says Call of Duty is the same as sports games. The players that play it just keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I think if uh, Microsoft does decide to make this uh, you know, exclusive, I think this is Microsoft's way of getting people to buy an Xbox. It doesn't matter if that's the case. <laughs> I mean, then, then it's working. Okay, it's but by work. that time, do you think there's going to be an Xbox box when these contracts are up? If, if really six years, six more games down the road is what we can expect from you know, Sony to give to, or Microsoft to give to Sony, do we expect them to put out a physical hardware at that point? Because 
the whole talk is about them worried about their infrastructure and want you to play games anywhere over their cloud services, not about them putting out a mm. box. All we've heard about is they don't care about putting out a hard, hardware anymore, or at least that's not their focus and they're moving away from it. I, I think we're going to have at least one more console generation. Because I, I, as much as, you know, me and you, Alex, uh, I don't know about you, Andy, but as much as we've gone digital, there is uh, the, the internet availability for you know just for the united states not necessarily worldwide because i'm not gonna speak to that but there are parts of middle america that don't have access to the internet like we do um so i think we're still too early to go all digital because i think uh they would lose a a a shitload of sales if they just went all digital consoles i think that's why you know this generation we got a digital console and we also got a disc console I think we're one generation away, console generation away from going full bore into all digital. So I think we're going to get one more. I think we're going to get a PlayStation 6. We're going to get the Xbox 2X, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then after that, we're going to go all digital. Look, I, I, I really thought that when the Xbox One kind of came and went and it was like, Compared to the previous 360 generation, it was a big flop. It sold less than half of what the 360 did on the market. And I thought that at that point, it was Xbox should have went, you know what? We can't compete on the console front, on the first party gaming front. We need to rethink our strategy. I thought they would at least quietly bow out at that point, but they sort of restructured and they've tried and they've just started buying up a lot of properties to bolster their library. and make Game Pass and that service the big moneymaker. And they have the deep enough pockets to keep doing this. Now, if this deal doesn't go through, for some reason, I, I doubt it won't go through. I think this will go through 100% because money talks. But if it doesn't, that's $70 billion on the table they could reuse and just buy like, all right, we can't buy them. We're going to buy, let's buy Sega, let's buy Square, let's buy Capcom, let's buy all of them with all this money that we got laying around. So I feel like if this doesn't go through, it's going to unleash like a swath of other major purchases. But I think Sony, again, they just have to deal with it and just learn that this franchise and the money that comes with it. It's not about the future of the gaming industry or the negative impact it has on the on the industry or gamers. That's all puffing to me. Like I, I get the PR speak, but it's all about the dollar. This is going to hit Sony hard in the wallet because they were the number one revenue maker. $20, $20 billion, I think, was 2021. And number two is like less than half of what Sony rakes in annually in revenue in PlayStation. This is going to eat a chunk of that. Huge, huge, huge chunk. And they have to evolve and compete. And show their audience, okay, we lost Call of Duty, but here's this other thing we have that is better. I mean, you have, well, you have, you have Destiny too. You know, you go to that. Like, I know that's not going to be a, a exclusive IP because you know they they promised it wouldn't be in there, and they're still independent. Bungie, by and large, even though they're part of the Sony umbrella on their PlayStation, but just do something to make me think like, okay, I, I've lost Call of Duty. Give me a new hotness that all my friends are going to want to play that could, re- that could replace it there, or keep me playing on PlayStation if I like these military shooters so much. I, you know, 
Andy, you brought up if this deal doesn't go through, and there's probably so much scrutiny scrutiny on this deal because it is the biggest purchase in the gaming industry ever. Yeah, it's the biggest. So yeah. there's probably extra scrutiny mm-hmm. on that because of that. But I think that right. I don't necessarily know. Like I could see them going after EA, maybe Ubisoft, but I don't think they would buy up a whole bunch of Japanese sure. companies because that's one of the things that I've. Oh no! The, yeah, I'm just talking out of my ass. Yeah, right. I'm just saying, like when you when you have seventy billion dollars that you're willing to spend. Oh yeah, they, I mean, they, somewhere else they could buy up a lot. But I mean, right. there's that cultural difference where I mean, we've seen where Xbox has struggled to get find a foothold in Japan. They're doing better thanks to Game Pass now. But you know, from what I've read, these Japanese companies like Square and Capcom would probably rather sell to Sony than Microsoft because Microsoft is a North North American based oh, company. They would. Right. Right. I think it's why a lot of Japanese devs, like, I think they hold out for a Game Pass deal at some point. Like, like Yakuza, that franchise was by and large off of the Xbox systems for years. And then it was just the entire series came on Game Pass. That was the money that, that was put into putting that deal together was astronomical because they know that if they just put their games on the system, they won't sell as much. So they took the money up front for that very same reason. Because they know. All right. One one of the things in the chat that's being offered as a uh, replacement for Call of Duty is a new kill zone. Yeah, Gorilla's not going back to that. Yeah, I think Horizon's now their thing. I mean, they they are working on a new multiplayer IP. I'm not sure if it's kill zone or a whole new thing altogether, but they are doing something in the multiplayer first person arena. Um. But yeah, SOCOM Mag. Mag Mag was ahead of its time. Bring back Mag. <laughs> yeah, Mag was definitely ahead of its time. Mag was the shit. Mag was the shit. <laughs> Massive uh, action. Hey, dude, Warhawk for the PS3. That was a fantastic multiplayer oh, game. Warhawk. Warhawk. Please. Kayla says uh, the problem with the new IP is the investment it would take to com- uh, compete with something like uh, Call of Duty. You would have to keep it updated and interesting, and that will cost a ton of money. See, the problem with, with Sony shooters they've done, and Resistance, the Resistance series is very good. Resistance 3 is still, I think, a very underrated game. But the thing that makes has made Sony shooters you know, any good is the fact is what they do in all their games. Their story is fan- – like the single-player stuff is the best part, and the multiplayer stuff is not. So even though people look at some of Sony shooters as failures, they're actually really good games. It's just they do single-player much better than multiplayer. Which is what the, all their games do. So, hopefully, Bungie now they're our multiplayer studio. So, hopefully, they can get them something. And I'm sure that in order to buy Bungie, Bungie would agree that Bungie said we're in, we're staying independent. We'll we'll be owned by you, but we're not going to make games exclusive. So, I'm sure that was part of the agreement. But that I feel like that deal was primarily for the talent and not the IP. Sony wanted someone that knew how online infrastructure worked and how to make a game as a service worked. In the multiplayer space, that was the real reason behind that acquisition. Not that wasn't about Destiny. Sure, that makes a lot of money, huge amounts of money, but that deal was they wanted the brains behind what made that game tick, and they wanted to pass that intelligence and that collaborative effort into all these new ones they're working on between what Haven's working on, Deviation Games, and Firewalk Studios. Those are three. Big other studios working on AAA multiplayer first person shooties. So yeah, I mean, you look at Sony's some of their recent purchases, Nixies, which was all for you know PlayStation to PC ports. They 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 have the the um the knowledge of how to bring games to PC. Yeah, you also have you mm-hmm. know multiplayer studios like Bungie and Haven. 
Like, and then you have Savage Game Studios, which focuses on mobile. So Sony's not buying studios for their name brand. They're buying studios where they necessarily they need to shore up their their talent and their abilities. And mm-hmm. mobile, Correct. online, multiplayer, and uh, PC ports are definitely those areas. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love for this conversation to go on, but Andy, we're short. Of, you know, we're kind of no, we, can, we can go. So Keep I, going. This is fun. I like it. <laughs> uh, the next thing that we're going to talk about is Sony has confirmed that PlayStation VR games are not going to be compatible with the PSVR 2. Uh, this Good. is coming from Taylor Lyles over at IGN. Uh, Sony has officially confirmed that the PlayStation VR 2 will not be able to play any games originally made for the original PlayStation VR. In the latest episode of the official PlayStation podcast, at around the 29-minute uh, mark, uh, Senior Vice President of Platform Experience uh, confirms that the it will not have backwards compatibility with the original VR games. Uh, quote, VR, PSVR games are not compatible uh, because the PR, PSVR 2 design is designed to deliver a truly next-generation VR experience. Uh, and he went on to say that you know some of the noteworthy features exclusive to the VR2 is such as haptic feedback and adaptive triggers found on the sense controllers. Uh, this means developing games for the VR2 requires a whole lot of different approach than the original VR, and that's why they can't be backwards compatible. Uh, Andy, while I was saying this, you said good. You, you see this as a good thing? Yes, I do see it as a good thing. Do you care to elaborate, sir? Listen, um, I I still sort of like cringe a little bit when I see that a game is announced for both current and last generation hardware. I feel like we're at a point where we should be abandoning the old and focusing on what the new tech can give us. And to see that the PSVR 2 is not compatible with the original PSVR catalog means that the leap in technology is large enough that it's not being held back to accommodate the old. It it confirms that they've put a lot of money and time into making this a generational leap in the PSVR, in virtual reality as a whole. And if I'm losing what I think is primarily a lot of tech demos in PSVR, it had some good game, but the, for the bulk of it, a lot of them played like glorified tech demos. Very few exceptions. And if, if, if I have to shed that to go full on with newer, better hardware that isn't being held back by the old or being built with the old in mind, then that's a good thing. I, I agree with you, but the caveat that I have with this is we've known the VR2 is coming for a long time. And mm-hmm. Sony actually really uh, created an adapter that allowed you to play the you know the original games uh, VR games on the PlayStation Five. Uh, my and combined with the fact that there's a lot of people, and I'm not gonna I, I I can't give you numbers, but I would say it's a good number of people that got free VR games through PlayStation Plus that were just uh-huh. holding in their their backlog until the VR two came out. Now you're basically saying that all those games you gave away for free are basically useless unless you go out and pay $300 for a VR and then, oh, don't worry, because in a little while we're going to be releasing its, uh, you know, the the next version of it. 
but you're not going to be able to trade that one in to buy our new one because they're not going to be compatible. I think this is a little bit of a shitty move by Sony. I I agree with you on the fact that we got to move on. I, I I'm not disputing that. If you're waiting <laughs> for PSVR two to come around, just so you can sample all those games you didn't pay for on PSN Plus, then you're not invested in virtual reality as a platform, and it is of no loss to you. I have purchased games on PSVR that I will not be able to play. Well, I can, I can still play them. I have the headset. I have I have the hardware. I can play it on PS Five. I can hook it up, no problem. Um, but yeah, I don't think we should be worrying about those who never bought into the hardware about not being able to play games that they didn't pay for because they were just gimmies. Yeah, but uh, you let's let's say you know not that it's going to happen, but let's say you don't own a PS Five right now. Correct. You, and then next week they announced, oh, the PlayStation Six is coming out next year. You're not going to go out and buy a PS5. You're going to save your money and then buy the PS6. So sure. under that same under that same premise, you can't if if somebody didn't want to spend at the time when it came out was four hundred dollars, and now I think it's down to three hundred dollars with a bundle. I, I I agree with you on the fact that we got to move on, but I think there are people out there, and I I'm not going to say it's a good majority. I'm not going to say it's a you know a small number either. But I, there are a number of people out there that purposely held off because they said, why am I going to go out and spend $300 on this when I'm going to be able to play all these games on the VR2 and I'm going to spend my money on the newer technology rather than have to buy the old technology? How long has PSVR been on the market? At least five uh, years it's been on the market, if not longer. What are you holding out for? What are you waiting for? Is my question. <laughs> What, what, what's out. the way it's, it, is, it is at least I want to say it's more than five years old at this point if not six years old so I, I don't know I don't know what someone's waiting for I mean you can deduce that we, we, we would get a PSVR successor at some point in the future but that's like me saying why should I be a, buy a PS5 now when I know there's going to be a PS6 at some point unannounced as it is so, you know, I, I don't feel bad for those. Again, you're, you're talking about folks who never put a dollar into VR. They didn't purchase a game on their own. It was given for free. So for those who have a headset could reap the benefit in a sense. It was an extra gimme. It wasn't even like the VR game was one of the two games that were offered during PSN+. Plus. It was like it was just it was just an extra like here's two your two games plus an extra VR game for those who have VR those who have the hardware thanks for your support add this to your library it's on us all right uh VR came out uh six years ago on October thirteenth what are you waiting for six years all right add some comments from the chat uh before we get Alex involved in this um. Felicia says that sucks. Uh, Rick says it's a bullshit move. Um, Kayla says he can't do VR because he gets sick. Uh, Rick says VR2 should be able to play old, no problem. Doesn't mean they're holding it back. It should be able to emulate. Uh, Kayla says I'm just waiting for them to install a freaking USB port into my brain. Uh, 
Uh, See, I don't get. I have. I I'm sorry, Ed. I don't get that it should be able to emulate. Why should it be able to? I don't get that. I mean, we, we don't know what goes into making this hardware. I mean, if a part, it, it, it goes back to the PlayStation 3, how they really tried to make it out the box, play the PS1 and PS2 games. And it was a hindrance because they wanted to incorporate the old as a part of the design philosophy. And then they were like, and this isn't worth it anymore. We can't, we can't always accommodate every, could you imagine the PS5 today if they built it with being able to play PS1 CDs, PS2 DVDs, PS3 games built on a cell processor and PS4 games, much of a nightmare that would have been for them on a tech perspective to get that done. I. I agree with you on that, but how much of an outcry was it when the last generation consoles didn't have backwards compatibility and how much did Microsoft gain by the announcer saying that they were going to now be able to backwards do their games backwards compatible? I mean, that that was a big point. Do you know the numbers of people playing BC games on Xbox systems? It is a fraction uh, of playtime. Yes. It is it is not it is not a selling point. We, for we those said systems. that on the show, and I believe Alex actually said he doesn't buy, you know, the new generation consoles to play older games. He plays to play, to play the newer games. Alex, I, I'm not trying to speak for you, but I believe you're the one that said that. I mean, I have a fair amount of, you know, PS4 games that I do have downloaded on the PlayStation 5. And also, I mean, I just play Castlevania on my PlayStation 5. So, I mean... There is something to be said about a new console, and you want games tailored to that new console. Um, would I like access if I, you know, if I can go download digital copies of my games that I bought on the PS4, like Rocket League, to continue playing them? I like that option on the PS5, yes. But as, you know, the bigger focus for me is what are you going to offer me in the way of new content? Like, that's that pushing forward with the technology and putting out games that really truly feed off that technology, that's where the, the focus should be. And I don't really understand why people assume that they would be able to play PSVR games on PSVR 2 because Sony's had a real spotty record of, of supporting previous generations on the new generation with backwards compatibility. So if you expected just to be able to play that, it's like, oh, I'll download, download this so I can play it on PSVR 2. You're a fool. Like, that's... I, okay, uh... I'm going to respond to that in a second, but I just want to go keep going through the, the chat here real quick. Uh, Rick says, I have a VR. I'm a proponent of it. I have an, if, a finite amount of VR time. Now I need two systems to play in my catalog. Bullshit. Um, Felicia says, I have a PSVR system and would like to play my existing catalog on a better improved system. Now I know I won't be able to. Uh, Rick says, I played Saints and Sinners when it came out. Loved it. I'd like to play that again. If I want to, I need to keep the VR1 headset. Uh... Rick, uh, I'm going to say this, and Andy, uh, just know this is coming from Rick, not from me. Uh, Rick says, you you just suck the corporate cock, Andy. Uh, uh, Rick says, this is one generation before, uh, one generation before, not four. And Kayla says, I want the PlayStation. It plays PlayStation 1 through 5. And then the last comment comes from Rick says, it's a selling point to me. Guess what I buy a lot of fucking consoles and a lot of games. I'm one of the two million that bought. Oh, sorry, something just popped up. Uh, I'm one of the two million that bought the PlayStation VR. 
Now I'm considering my position about buying the PS VR 2. Okay, and then Caitlin just popped up and says, okay, so here's my problem with this generation thing. I invested a ton of money on the PlayStation 3. Currently, that system doesn't work for me anymore. It burned out because it was designed that way. Now I have PS3 games, but no PS3. And finding one now or even in the future will be almost impossible for the same price I paid for it when I bought it. It's a flaw that started with the PlayStation 3 generation. Okay, now, respond to you, Alex. Uh, the reason why people believed that they were going... or, or the reason why people were led to believe that they were going to be able to play their VR games on the VR2 was when Sony released that adapter that allowed you to play the original VR games on the PlayStation 5, that gave us, I, 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 for lack of a better term, hope that we're going to still be able to play those VR games on the VR2. But it seems like because people it, assumed and kind of were, yes. be, were buddy, put on all their eggs in that basket when you can have hope, but that's different than assuming that you're going to be able well, to yes, do. they 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 assume they would, and you know, right or wrong, they assume because if Sony went so far to create an adapter so you could play your VR games on the PS5, why would they now not allow you to play the the original VR games on the VR2? That's I'm I'm not I'm not trying to say that's a valid argument. I'm just saying that's what led people to believe that this was not going to be an issue. Okay, but but also like let's let's look at a positive of this. If you really are invested in VR, and if you're you're someone who likes to go back and play old games like Moss and stuff like that, I can understand why you would be upset that you can't just have one VR headset and you can play all those games. I get that, but isn't it a little encouraging after all the crap we've given Sony for dropping you know not dropping support of the Move controller and dropping support of PSP and just generally not supporting those things? They invested so much in PSVR two that the technology is just better than the original version, and maybe that's a sign that they're serious about this and we're not going to just have a drop-off after, you know... Because, I mean, if you're if you're just going to have something that's as capable as the headset before it, you're not going to... The only people that are going to adopt it are the people that already adopted it before, and maybe even less than that because they've already got a PSVR headset, and they're like, well, if it's just capable, why am I going to buy another console at $400, you know, dollars? But... If you're going to push the technology, you're potentially going to encourage those people to buy another one and maybe have more people get in with the technology if you're constantly pushing the boundaries. Because people like bleeding edge technology, it's just not enough people have jumped in on VR yet. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get more customers is if you actually lean into the technology and you're on the cutting edge. And that maybe means leaving past generations behind. Um, like I said, I get it. It sucks that we don't have – like the PlayStation 5 can't play all of the games – on PlayStation consoles previously, but if you're wanting to put a PS1 disc or a PS2 disc into a PlayStation 5 and play that game, you know how much money? That would make the PlayStation 5 ridiculously expensive to put in the technology to be able to play all these games, unless it's through the cloud on PlayStation Premium or something like that. But if you're wanting to put in your physical copy of a PlayStation 2 game into a console nowadays and have it work, you know how expensive that console is going to be to make and how expensive that, how that, 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 Cost is going to be passed off to us as the customers. All right, Andy, check your uh, Facebook messenger real quick. My phone, my phone is charging somewhere far away from me. But you know, I do. I want to say one last thing: is like I never understood this. This like, because I grew up in the Nintendo, Nintendo era, so like the idea of the next console playing the old games was never even a thought that crossed my mind. I went from a Nintendo to a Super Nintendo to an N sixty four, and I never thought to myself. Why can't I play these old games on my new piece of plastic? I just played with the new piece of plastic and the new games that came along with it. I understand that 
you want to lessen the pieces of plastic in your household, if you're going to have just the one headset instead of the two headsets, I understand that. But if the tech is so far of a leap that it cannot play the old games, that should be encouraging. The investment is there to make it better for a reason. All right, we're going to move on, but just the last comment from uh, Rick. Uh, he says, so the PlayStation 2 was backwards compatible. How'd that work out for it? Oh, yeah, it was the fucking best-selling console ever. I think it, I think, I think it being a cheap DVD player made it the best-selling console ever. True, but also the PlayStation 2 is widely, like, it's arguably the best, like, library of any video game system ever. So I think more the games on that system is what sold it than the PS1 games that people can play on it. Like, Shadow of the Colossus and um, Metal Gear Solid 2 and, like... Final Fantasy X, like, all these stellar, like, games. The PS2 had an amazing library. Yes, it was nice that I could put them in the disc and play them again. But I was playing less PS1 games when I got my PS2. Yeah, people... It was a nice feature to be able to play PS1 games on your PS2, but... That's not the reason the PlayStation 2 sold so well. It's because the PlayStation 2 library is regarded very highly as the reason that console is the best-selling console. And, and just, you know, because uh, uh, Felicia said something about the PS3 in the chat, let's not also count the fact that the PlayStation 3 sold so well because it was the cheapest Blu-ray player on the market at the time. Well, not only that it was the cheapest, but also it was like an all-in-one. You could play Blu-rays and play games. So it, you didn't need to go out and buy two separate pieces of hardware. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Our next story is coming from VideoGamesChronicle.com. I don't know how much you guys know about this already, but there was a huge, and I mean huge, Grand Theft Auto 6 leak, which seen over 90 alleged videos being circulated, over seven minutes of development footage has been posted online, and the person that posted it claims to have the original source code. Uh, First posted to the GTA forums by... User Tipo Tuber Hacker. The footage includes open world gameplay, which is alleged to be from Grand Theft Auto 6, and they appear to be legitimate. It's claimed by the leaker that the videos were downloaded from Slack. If legitimate, the leaked build confirms that the previous report that the game would take place in Vice City. Bloomberg reported this earlier and said that the game, which claims to be in development in 2014, is at least two years away. Uh, The woman who is Latina will be one of the pair leading characters in the story influenced by bank robbers Bonnie and Clyde. The people said developers are being cautious not to punch down by making jokes about marginalized groups. The people said in contrast to previous games. If correct, this is reflected in the leaked alpha build, which features both a playable male and female character, although these models could be a placeholder at this stage. Um, When asked online, uh, uh, when Jason Schreier was asked online, um, uh, somebody tweeted him, well, bro, please tell us if this is real or not. He responded by saying, I just woke up and haven't asked anyone yet, but based on the scale, hard to imagine it's not real. Plus two protagonists and Vice City match what I reported earlier. Now I've seen one video. I have not seen the 90 videos. Uh, Alex, we're going to go to you first. One, I don't so much want to talk about, uh, the context, context of the videos, but the fact that games are getting leaked like this, and this seems to be a major leak, and it seems this guy is uh, basically holding uh, the source code and the, the the hack up for ransom uh, through another story, which I didn't post in here because I don't want to get too much into that. Is, is this... 
I, I don't know how to phrase my question correctly. Should we we be worried about hackers doing this and releasing, you know, the games? Because this is not the first source code uh, that was stolen. I, I know we did a show with Jeff Hanna a long time ago uh, about the source code. I don't remember what game it was for. But should we be worried that things like this could happen and, you know, our games could be ruined? Like, people who aren't supposed to have your source code and in banding it about the internet without your consent, like, I'm sure that this person didn't have, like, two years out, like, supposedly, of this game's release. Yeah, that's not a great thing. Um, less so for Take-Two and Rockstar than for us as gamers. Like, this kind of stuff is only, with a game like GTA, and it differs from game to game, I think that this kind of stuff is only going to hype up the game more for people. And granted, stuff can always change, like, it's... Again, we're probably two years out from this game's release. You know, with something like Pokemon, which there were big leaks of Sword and Shield before those those games came out, and releasing Pokemon before Nintendo wants you to see them, or releasing gameplay things, or, you know, story-based games getting leaked online, like that kind of stuff, because that happened with Last of Us Part Two. Um, those kind of leaks hurt those games more, but for Call of... Like, no one's buying GTA for the story, Okay. They're, people are buying it for what you can do in the open world. That's what they're buying that game for, the chaos that you can inflict. You know, a good story is a plus, good characters are a plus, but I don't think anyone's going to be have their GTA experience ruined by the fact that we learn things about the game ahead of time. You know, oh, cars, weapons, like, whatever. Like, I feel like this is going to only hype up the game even more, which, given it's GTA, you don't really need to do that. Uh, but again, like, as some as, as the creators of this game, you know, People having your source code out there and how they have access to it is definitely a big concern. If someone can post all this stuff, you know, and because we think about game companies when they choose to to show off these games, and it, this is obviously before Rockstar wants to show this off, and that's very bad for Rockstar. Um, you know, not necessarily bad for the people who buy the games, but yeah, it's you don't want source codes out there if you're the people who own those and were are working on those games. It's not a good thing. All right, Andy. Man, this fucking sucks. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's 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 a byproduct of people like us who are, like, more plugged into the gaming news than most gamers are. Like, when I watch a Nintendo Direct or an Xbox Showcase or a State of Play, it's like I don't watch them to be surprised anymore. I watch them to see which leaks and rumors turned out to be true. Because <laughs> I feel like... There's there's just so much of it now more than ever. Just it just it gets out there way too prematurely, and I would really because I I know I speak to devs all the time you know uh, on a weekly basis, and to have someone that's put so much work and passion into something and to have no control over how or when it gets revealed. I mean, this is clearly an unfinished product. It looks like a, a marginal upgrade from GTA Five graphically. And I know it doesn't reflect or represent what the final game is going to look like, but to have this huge of a dump, this is the largest leak, by the way, ever, ever, ever. It's it's so disheartening to feel like you are chasing clout um, above the hard work of others, people that I think you would once call a teammate or a colleague, and you're letting all this stuff go. And then with the source code on top of it, it just... It really sucks, and you know my heart aches for those guys because you know it's 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 a lot of work, and I feel like they wanted to have a proper 
reveal. And and again, like Last of Us 2, where we got the entire storyline more or less without much context or gameplay, but we got this huge like storyline dump and it, it left a sour taste for those who saw it without playing the game. And I'm, and I'm sure it discouraged folks from buying the game. You know, yes, it went on to sell like millions of copies, but still like you can't, you can't, you can't take that back. It's like, I'm, I'm going to make a really strange analogy right now. And I will only say it this way. It's like me as a gay man, someone else outing me. That's for me to say that's mine, not yours. <laughs> And I think when these leaks happen, it's the same sort of mentality. We made this. This is ours. We get to decide when the world gets to see it for the first time. Not via leaker. Not via this huge data dump. And it it, it just sucks. The, the problem is, is that everybody wants to be... They, they want the clout of being able to break something. I mean, when I, when I found out about The Last of Us 2... Years ago at PAX East, you know, I, I reported what I could, and I kept my source anonymous. And I was basically raked over the coals for a long time because they're like, "Oh, you know, this isn't true. You you won't reveal your source." Blah 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 blah. And then when it came out and it was proven, nobody came back to me and said, "Oh yeah, you were right." Yeah, man, it just it blows like and because and, because and, the, the major uh, the major thing I got at that time was uh, we went to we went to PAX East. I revealed it when I got back and then I also reported it was going to be revealed at E3. And then if you guys remember uh, that E3, it was going towards the end of the conference and then there was like a, a brief pause and then they brought out a game again that they had already revealed at the beginning of the show. I believe it was Twisted Metal. Uh, or they came back out and was like, oh, yeah, here's more footage of this. I still contend that that's when The Last of Us was supposed to be, uh, The Last of Us Part 2 was supposed to be uh, revealed, but something happened because they wound up revealing it at the PlayStation Experience in December of that year. Um, but that's all my own personal story. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's shitty when you work for something so long and then somebody outs it. Like mm-hmm. we know, Grand Theft Auto Six is coming out. We we do that. I mean, it's like at this point, you can say like we're gonna get a Red Dead Redemption Three. Like you can probably make that educated guess. Of yeah, course, we're you also can. gonna get a, we're gonna get another Last of Us game. We're we're gonna get another right. We're getting another Ghost Halo. It's like these things. These Who's are your source yeah. on the Last of Us Three. <laughs> uh, but like we know these games are coming. You just have to be patient. Like trust me, I'm a huge huge Last of Us fan. I'm more than willing to wait until the game is released to actually play it. I don't want to read spoilers online, which is, you know, a little hypocritical because we're in the video game industry. Well, that's the thing. That's what I was saying before, like, because we're more plugged in than most people are. Because most people, they don't really follow the news. Like, again, there's a huge swath of gamers who, again, don't buy as many games as we do or those in the chat who play, like, a lot of games on a daily basis only buy like a handful of games a year and they don't follow mainstream gaming news or journalism. So to them, it's all new. Like there's a new Grand Theft Auto. Look, it's out like in a week. They saw an ad on TV. They're not following leaks. They're not on Reddit looking at leakers every every day or on Twitter. It's not part of their lives. But for us, we have to know what to talk about on this podcast or amongst our close circle of friends 
you know, and it sucks that we're hyper exposed to things like this because it's I would have loved to have seen the first reveal of this character in a trailer. By now, I kind of know what she looks like, what the world looks like. Yes, it's not a one for one when the game comes out, when the first trailer comes out, but it's still it's like it's a little it's a bit of a sour taste because I've seen it when I shouldn't have. Uh, coming from the chat, um, Kainless wants me to ask you, Andy, where the hell is Mortal Kombat 12? You see Mortal Kombat 12? Like, don't leak it, bro. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to see roster lists on Reddit, like, a week prior to, like, a games, a game awards reveal. Like, but on that note, I think we're going to get something in the DC universe before we get the next, the next Mortal Kombat game, which kind of sucks because. I love those DC fighting games, but I love my Mortal Kombat more. DC versus Mortal Kombat. We already got one of those, right? Why not a sequel to that? Yeah, it's... Uh, That's not going to happen. No, I, I can't rip out Wonder Woman's heart in a video game. DC won't allow it. <laughs> as much as I as much as I want to, because the last movie sucked ass. <laughs> uh, let me, uh, oh, go ahead, Tricky. Yeah, but I do have another comment uh, once you go to the chat. Yeah. Uh, Rick just wanted me to tell you, Andy, uh, apologies to Andy for the corporate cock comment. I get hot defending my PSVR. I love it more than the shitty Vita. Oh, listen, listen, Rick, like, I totally get your sentiment. Like, yes, in a perfect world, I can take this new hardware, put it on my face, and, like, I can play all this new shit and all my old shit. Like, I love that idea, too. But if if the eye tracking and the cameras and the resolution... And the haptics are so advanced from what the old technology was. I'm going to trust that it's worth losing my old library. Like, it's it sucks. It does suck. I, 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 I kid you not. But I think it'll be worth the end result with what we're going to get. Because I read some previews on PSVR 2. It is leaps and bounds, night and day different from what PSVR 1 could do. All right, Alex, I'm going to come to you in a second, but Andy, I want to ask you a question because sure. it literally just popped in my head. Yes. Can it be argued? Because me, me and you are the... All the things can be argued, Tricky. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because me and you are the only people on the show uh, that are talking that actually have experience with VR. Could it not be argued that the leap from the PlayStation 4 to the PlayStation 5, the fact that we can play the four, the four games on our 5... Without that feedback, without the all the other technology, could it be argued that the same could be done with the VR to the VR two? There's a difference though, and I I was hoping you or someone in chat would mention that PS4 has a Windows based architecture. It's why the idea of emulating PS1, two, and three games on PS4 is such a wild idea because those had different custom engines. We had the Emotion engine with PS2, Cell Processor, and PS3. Those were unique structures. PS4 adopted a Windows-based infrastructure, which allowed, which is the reason why Xbox can go back to the Xbox OG, because all those systems were based with the same tech infrastructure. They were Windows-based. Right now, PSVR. I'm not sure what the technology under the hood is for the first one, but judging by a lot of it is do with the cameras and the eye tracking is so wildly different. That may be the real reason why. I mean, I get the haptics. It's just haptics. You know, it's a controller. At the end of the day, it's like going to like the movie theater and seeing like the it's like 
4K or you know HDR like 4K X that this this vibrates when you watch a movie like that's why you equate haptics to, but I think it's more about the eye tracking, and that that tech aspect of PSVR two that's really the generational leap that we're seeing. Um, but again, like I agree, like you can make that argument, but I don't think they're the same. I think it's a, that I think they're a little it's a, it's a little bit of a difference. All right, Alex, I'm going to go to you right now, but one thing from Rick says, uh, so you're saying that Bill Gates has been watching me in VR, then he's seen some freaky shit. He's seen the, yeah, Bill Gates knows all that you're doing. Uh, Al, Alex, <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off before. What were you going to say? No, you didn't really cut me off, um, but I just wanted to get to the, the, the chat's thoughts before um, we, we moved on to me. I, I want to introduce a new side of this uh, discussion with uh, the leakers and whatnot, because, mm-hmm. Tricky, okay. you talked about clout, and, you know, people kind of wanting, you know, not make a name for themselves, but basically to kind of, like, increase, like, their credit or get some attention on themselves. So, is going for clout and getting that attention on yourself worth the legal exposure you bring upon yourself? Because, hey, I was just reading an article on Polygon.com about uh, the um, the leakers. There were two leakers that settled with Nintendo, because Nintendo sued the two leakers who uh, put out stuff for Sword and Shield before it came out. And the judgment was each one of them had to pay $150,000, which is a lot of money. So is that clout really worth it? And also, you know, if you work on a game, because you would at first assume that whoever leaks these games or has a source code is someone who's close to the game, that they have access to it. Anyone working on a game like GTA has got to have an NDA where you don't talk about this, you can't show this, like you are under some kind mm-hmm. of legal restriction. And even if you're like a hacker and you somehow gain access to this, this is not your property, and you're using it as if you're in, as if it is. So anyone who does this stuff opens them up to you know being sued by these companies. And I guarantee that Take Two or Rockstar or Nintendo have much better lawyers than any you know jack off mm-hmm. who's going to share all this stuff on the wet inter- internet. So to me, you know, it sucks when this happens, but when you do this kind of stuff, you are basically op- basically just kind of like opening up a huge can of worms for yourself because you're going to get sued and you're probably going to lose no a lot of money. So you think, just to answer your question, because you brought up NDAs, when I when I was told about The Last of Us Part 2, uh, back then it was just called The Last of Us 2, um, but when I was told about it, I didn't sign an NDA and I caught the guy and there was le- legally nothing stopping me from releasing all the information other than, you know, I didn't want to burn a source within PlayStation um well what was that conversation like for you like just to add this to get some more context like did they pull you aside and say hey like don't tell me don't tell anybody but we're working on x y and z or was it like i I, I was i was i was bullshitting with the guy Mm -hmm. you know we were just having a conversation and i uh i jokingly said to him i said so when's the the sequel to last of us being announced and he turned to me he goes e3 and i looked at him i said really he goes oh shit I said, don't worry about it. I'm not going to do it. I said, just, you know, can you give me any information? And what I wrote in my article, what I wrote in my article is what he said, but I didn't name my source. Mm-hmm. Um, And I even contemplated whether or not I was actually going to put out that story because obviously if I write that story, they're going to know that I was at PAX East. They're going to know that, uh, you know, somebody told me and there's only, you know, what? A handful of people 
that work mm-hmm. for PlayStation that would have that information that, you know, they could, without me naming my source, you know, if PlayStation really took it seriously, they could track down to who actually did it and possibly get the guy in trouble, fired, mm-hmm. sued, or whatever. Right. So it, it, was a, it was a moral question within me. Uh, and I even asked the guy, I said, you know, is it okay to release this? He goes, it's okay, just don't name me. And okay. even after he said that, I was still under, like, should I actually do this? And I, I'm going to say, as as a person now, I would not I would not do it again. Back then, I was new to this. Like, this is the first major break that I was through, that I that I could put out there, that I'd be the first one in the world to give out this type of information. Um, and I was looking for the, hey, let's get some eyeballs on Proven Gamer. Let's get some eye, you know, ears listening to Trophy Wars so we could talk about this. Now, I wouldn't do it. Back then, I was, you know, if you want to say I was naive or, you know, I was uh, looking for that, you know, that clout, I did it. But now, I wouldn't do it. But back then, like, the guy slipped up. He made a mistake. And I wasn't going to, you know, roast him over the, you know, rake him over the coals for it. You know, I asked him, I said, okay, listen, I know this. Mm-hmm. I could easily just go and, you know, say to everybody, this is, you know, what you told me, but I don't want to do that. I say, can you give me some information so I can, you know, because I'm excited for it. You know, this is my favorite game of all time because we were having a conversation about The Last of Us and whatever uh, the games were at the time. So, again, would I do it now? No. Back then, yeah, you could say I was I was stupid and did it. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm not so much concerned about, like, yes, like, it sucks. Like, people would rather, they want the attention more than, you know, let the legal ramifications sort of fall where they may, as long as they get their 15 minutes of fame. Um, I've been writing and working in the games industry for nearly 20 years now. I have made a lot of friends who have started off as PR folks in small publishing companies. And now work for the likes of Square Enix, PlayStation, Xbox, and literally I can ask them, hey, when is, are you working on X, Y, and Z? And they can say, don't say anything, but yes, we are. And here's like, I can show you something that you can't share. I would never jeopardize that decades old friendship over 50 minutes of fame on Twitter or on Reddit ever. Absolutely. I have, I have spent many years cultivating a lot of friendships and trust and, you know, funny, funny stories. Actually, um, I recently last Monday, the 12th, I put on an indie game showcase and my original date, for the showcase was going to be congratulations on that by the way oh yeah thank you so much go to steam actually go to dualscreens.com forward slash showcase it'll take you right to steam for a bunch of awesome games wishlist them all support indie games so my original date for the showcase was going to be september 14th and i was told by a friend avoid that date and i was like why he's like Sony is doing something, either a state of play or a showcase, on the 13th or the 14th. So you should at least go before them. So pick the 12th. 
And I was like, okay, thanks for the advice. I could have gone to Twitter or to Reddit and said, hey, guys, confirmed via an inside source of mine that there's a, there's a state of play or a showcase on the 13th or 14th of September. I could have done that easily, but I chose not to because I'd rather keep that friend's trust. That's way more important than being the guy that, ooh, this guy has like a source. He's important. He knows things. And you know what? I, I've i been to E3 back when it was like the spectacle live and sitting in an audience and seeing games like The Last of Us, sorry, um, The Last Guardian come back from like a 10-year hiatus or like when FF7 Remake was announced or Shenmue 3 was announced. I don't want to take that away from someone if I know about like the next big IP that they're going to revive and bring back that's going to shock the world. I don't want to do that because they live for that moment. They live for that excitement. And, you know, that's why I don't like leakers at all because it takes away from that magic of seeing it for the first time. Like I've seen rumors for a potential Twisted Metal game. Hell, I've seen leaks and rumors for the next Silent Hill for the last six years. How, and how, how many rumors have we heard about Splinter Cell? At this point, I'm like, when I see it, I won't be as surprised. Like, okay, yeah, oh, finally, there it is. Whew. Yeah, it's confirmed to be real now. Like, the, it's, it's, it, it's blunted any like, oh my god, there it is! Oh my god, it's a sequel! Like, it, that's gonna go away. So, you know. Yeah, it, it, like, uh, again, like, how, how long have we been hearing rumors about the next Splinter Cell? When that finally gets announced, we're not gonna be surprised. Yeah, so, you know. Alright, uh, sorry, Alex, did we answer your question, or? No, I didn't really have a question, I was just throwing it out there. Is that the legal ramifications of doing shit like this? Yeah, people just care about attention more than, you know, a potential lawsuit. Like, freaking guys lick ice cream out of the freezer in the grocery store. When <laughs> that's a felony, but I'll put it on TikTok for the likes. <laughs> All right. Uh, at this time, we are gonna, uh, we're gonna throw it across the pond to Sid. Uh, although I'm not gonna play the the actual audio because it's over 15 minutes long and we're already starting to get to the two hour mark. Uh, so we're gonna pass that in uh, for the audio release on Wednesday. Hello again, my friends. Uh, I'm back with another Sophie's trophies. And this week, guys, it is on Toem. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, the game, guys, has 38 trophies. It is a photography game. Um, the art style is black and white. Um, and it does have 3D elements to it. All the um, worlds are 3D, the buildings and things. But the characters, guys, they are all in 2D. Like, think Paper Mario type of thing. And so when you turn the camera, the uh, not the camera you look through, but the camera uh, in-game, all the characters will turn on their axis to always face you. Um, much the same way they do in Doom, um, that type of thing. So, what is the point of Toem? The point is, you have to go and find the Toem. And to do that, your auntie or grandma or somebody... Could even be your mum. I don't know. She sends you out on a little journey with a camera. So you walk through five or six 
worlds. They're quite big. Um, you have to do tasks for people, photograph certain things. Um, and that is generally what you need to do to finish the game. Um, personally, guys, I thought this game was fantastic. Uh, it's different. It's simple without being easy. Uh, you know what you need to do. You just got to figure it out. So let's go through this uh, platinum trophy list, guys. And I will see if I can figure some of this stuff out for you. So the first one, as always, is the platinum trophy. And that is, and that completes the list. Then we have going long. You have just walked a thousand miles. You will get this as you play through the game. A sparkling jump. Capture a close-up photo of a dancer. So you need to find the dancer and take a photo of her close-up. 100 followers. Capture a close-up photo of an influencer. Now, I will say this before I carry on. With these capture a close-up photo things, guys, these people have tasks for you to do, um, which usually involve, say... For the influencer, you have to take a picture of her with food and then with drink, I believe. Um, so she can get all the followers on her, whatever their version of Instagram or whatever. The dancer, you have to make her jump, which you need the horn for, attached to your phone. Uh, not your phone, guys. Attached to your camera. Um, yeah, so it's things like that. There is always a task to do before you can photograph these characters. They will start sparkling when you can photograph them for the trophy. A great story. Capture a close-up photo of the Mountain Explorer. So for this one, guys, um, I'll, I'll explain a couple of them. In the icy level, or the mountain level, there are pictures on the walls. And you need to, like, pictograms. Um, so think cave paintings. Uh, you need to take a picture of six of those and show all six to this uh, adventurer. And then she will be able to be photographed. Happy youth. Capture a close-up photo of an old man. Flight ready. Capture a close-up photo of a special seagull. Now, you don't need to do anything for the seagull. It's fine. Just a sock. Capture a close-up photo of the sock man. A new job. Capture a close-up photo of a stressed human. Calmed down. Capture a close-up photo of the skeleton. Now, let me just have a look at those little lists, guys. The Happy Youth Trophy for the photographing old man. I can't actually remember what I did to get him to be happy, but you need to do something. That sounded really bad. I have never made an old man happy. I just want to let you know that. Um, so, anyway, you need to do something to get him walk, to walk back to his cabin and then take a picture. The just a sock one is you have to find a pair of socks and give it back to him. And a new job is when you get to the main hub city, uh, I will tell you the names of places in a little while. You have to um, find a man who doesn't know what to do with life. And when your camera gets dirty, take it back to him. He will clean it and then he'll be all dead excited and happy. 
because he's decided to be a cleaner. And I'm not sure if I've just done this one, but let's do it again. If I did, calmed down. Capture a close-up photo of the skeleton. And a true completionist. Complete all the quests in the game. Each area has different amount of quests, guys. Um, they all generally boil down to roughly the same thing. Um, and they all involve taking a picture. Employee of the month. Our non Sorry, our best non-employed employee. So, this one, guys. This is in... Let me think. Let me see if I can find it, because I forgot all the names. This one is in Stanham. And in Stanham, you will unlock a hydroelectric plant. And there's a guy there stood next to a wall of pictures. They're all the same picture. So what you need to do is um, take a selfie of yourself, obviously, and put that in the last picture frame, which means he is not the employee of the month for the last picture. So basically just piss that guy off and you'll get the trophy. Cosplayer. Equip every item once. You'll get various things, clothes, items, um, boots, hats, gloves, scarves all this kind of stuff guys um equip everything you get if you just do it whenever you get something and just press yes equip then you'll easily breeze through that one collect them all photograph everything inside the compendium so there are lots of animals guys lots and lots and lots of animals 59 i believe and you need to take a picture of each and every one of them there are variations on some of them um so you need to look out for those and the good thing is with this game, guys, if you've taken a picture of, say, a pigeon and you run into a flock of pigeons and you think, did I take a picture of those? Uh, you point your camera and it'll have a little tick next to it to show that you have actually photographed that animal. All geared up. So this one, guys, is in the mountainous area again. And that mountainous area is called Kuriberg, I believe. Kuriberg, that's what it looks like. Um, and you need to get all the items that you need to wear to be able to go to the frozen section or the windy section. Um, so you've got to do a few tasks in that area to get some items. Then you have you found us. You're really good with that camera. So this one, guys, this one is in. Let me have a look. Oak Laville. And there is a hotel. And in the lobby of that hotel, if you point your camera up in the air at a completely black ceiling and search around for a bit, um, you will find some eyeballs. So leave your camera pointing at the eyeballs. There's a reticule that will fill up. And if you leave it to fill up, um, a photo will appear in the lobby of the hotel. And if you take a picture of that photo, you will get that trophy. So, then we have the beginning. Start your adventure. Really difficult one, this one, guys. Um, you need to start moving. Then we have, who's a good boy? Pet a pet. Simple. Then we have, look at all those cuties. This one is, photograph all of the development team's animals. 
So there'll be certain animals with names and you've just got to go around and photograph them. But as you're doing the uh, compendium, you will find these anyway. Uh, just to let you know, Greg Miller, um, he of kind of funny fame and beyond fame, his pet dog Portillo is in this game. City Professional. Complete the photo challenges in Log City. So, before I go on with the rest of them, photo challenges, there is a photo guild and they will ask you to photograph certain things. Sometimes it's one item, sometimes it's three. You have to run around the map and do that. Nature's Showstopper. Complete the photo challenges in Oaklaville. Calm as the Sea. Complete the photo challenges in Stanham. The Biggest Hurdle. Complete the photo challenges in Kiriberg. Business Executed. Complete all quests in Log City. Strong as an Oak. Complete all quests in Oakville. Seaworthy. Complete all quests in Stanham. Ice Fighter. Complete all quests in Kiriberg. And then we have the Grand Clock Tower. Photograph the Grand Glock Tower special event. This one is in Log City. Um, in the first area, there is a clock tower and it has a clock above it. So what you need to do is get there when the clock is going to point at the hour. So it doesn't matter what hour. As long as it's pointing at the hour, it's fine. Uh, there's a door that opens underneath it and a type of cuckoo or whatever can't remember what bird it is but it comes out of there you need to photograph it so just be there at the right time and take that picture a majestic hotel photograph the oak hotel from the vantage point so once you start the second area of the game the oakland area um the what is he, proprietor of the hotel, I guess? I don't know, receptionist, whatever. He wants a photograph of his hotel. You need to work your way around the level until you get to an overlook that will allow you to photograph um, the hotel. Then take it back to him, show him. I'm very sorry, a message just came through, guys. Um, take it back to him and show him, and you will get the trophy. Photograph the Smiling Huntsman. A Voyage Underwater. This one, guys, is at the seaport area, and that is Stanham. You will get to an area where you have to go underwater. For that, you will need to do a task for somebody to get the diving helmet. So once you're underneath the water, look around with your camera, and you will see a ship off in the distance called the Smiling Huntsman, and take a picture of it, guys. Home, sweet home. Photograph. Nana's house. So there you go, it's your Nana. Uh, which is basically where you live. So for one of the first trophies you can get, guys. Take a picture of your house. Experience Toem. So this is Photograph the Phenomenon Toem. So when you're in Kuraberg, um, once you've done that area, you get to go to a second part of Kuraberg. Now... Two tips for this one, guys, or one tip, to be honest. When you're doing the Explorer's uh, pictogram pictures, one of those pictures is actually in the second Kiraberg area as you're going up the mountain. It's under a bridge, so just keep your eye out for that. But what you do is you go up to the top of the mountain, point your camera and let your reticule fill up, 
and take a picture and that will get you this trophy. Slow and steady. What an amazing race that was. Thrilling action all over. When you get into Oakville, guys, in the first main area where the hotel is, in the bottom right-hand corner, there's a seat. You need to sit on that seat and watch a snail. This snail very, very slowly moves towards a flag. And once it goes past that flag, you will get the trophy. It takes a while, guys, so bring a book. And then we have the big city, which is visit Log City, the Calm Forest, visit Oakleville, set sail for good weather, visit Stanham, Snowy Peaks, visit Kiraberg. And the final trophy on this one, guys, is so close now. Visit the top of Kiraberg. So there you have it. That, my friends, is Toem. And I absolutely love this game. It's brilliant. And before I go, before I leave you, I will tell you they are releasing a new level along with some new trophies for Toem. Um, it's just going to be an update. So be prepared for that one. I'm going to play it as soon as it comes out. And that's it from me, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed. And I really do suggest you play this one, guys. It is such a good little game. And I will talk to you soon. Keep getting those trophies. Bye. Time to check my social media. Yeah. Uh, Andy, Sid wants to know, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's been a good year. Been a good, good year. Um, been working hard. Again, the showcase thing on last Monday was like four or five months of work. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And I'm taking a nice vacation next week. Looking forward to that. I'm gone for a week and a half in Nantucket just to be with, with the boyfriend and the dog and the brother just hanging out, playing games and getting fat for like 14 days, 13 days. And yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into a more like stable gaming habit. I feel like I've ignored the AAA space for a long time and I'm just it's all about God of War. So I, I can't wait for that, but uh, I'm doing great. Otherwise, tired, soon to be rested. But yeah, good. I feel good. Uh, apparently, Rick just looked you up on uh, Facebook because he just wrote in the chat. Is Andy a badass or does it just say that on his shades? Andy is a badass. I am a badass, bro. I'm a badass bitch, let me tell you. Andy's Greek. <laughs> right. Of course he's a badass. Matt G from Facebook uh, says, if you had to remake a game that was less than 10 years old, what would it be and why would you do it? Less than 10 years old. I'm going to go to Alex first. I'll answer after yeah, him. Alex, we're going to go to you first. Uh, remake 2013's Twisted Metal, but make it good. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Is Infamous less than 10 years old? No. That's older, right? <laughs> Man, what's a game that's less than 10 years old? Oh, we make Metal Gear Solid 5, but finish the goddamn thing. How about that? <laughs> you stole my answer. <laughs> Give me the rest of that fucking game. How about that? Well, you, technically, you did get it. It was just a big-ass cutscene. Right. I want the rest of that game. <laughs> All right. And Rick's question from Facebook says, Dream Wrestling Fatal 4-Way, taken from any of the generations. Uh, Andy, I don't know. Are you a wrestling guy? I'm not equipped to answer. The only wrestling I watch is... I can't answer that question. That's of a G rating. 
we're not G here. We're requesting the whole time. Ba- basically, saying it's, it's it's a porno of some kind. Alex, correct. Yes, it's a porno of some kind. You know how hard it was not to make the 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 VR porn joke. It's my favorite like premise for any porno I watch. <laughs> Alex, who's your uh, dream fatal four way? My my which fatal four way? Your dream fatal four way from any generations, any wrestlers at any time. Oh. Who would you want to see in a fatal four way? Um, we will throw in the Undertaker. We will throw in Red Heart. We will throw in Mister Perfect. And we will also throw in Undertaker's a big guy, so let's get another big guy in there. Um, Andre the Giant. Um, don't want to go with Kane. Uh, eh, not Andre. Um, uh, big Boss Man. Throw Big Boss Man in there. Alright, my dream Fatal 4-Way uh, would be The Rock. Um, with Bret Hart, The Undertaker, and Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. All right. So that is going to do it for our listener questions. And hopefully we can get through this uh, next topic real quick. Um, again, we're just going to go over the state of play for the topic of the week. Uh, if I say something that you want to talk about, stop me. If not, I'm just going to keep moving on as we do when we talk about these shows. Uh, as Andy uh, mentioned before, there was a state of play given out on the 12th. Uh, so what was revealed? Tekken 8 was officially revealed. Uh, it got off to a hard start. Uh, a release date wasn't shared for the game, but the trailer did only mention a PlayStation 5 release for the game, meaning that the latest entry in the classic, classic fighting game series may be limited to next generation only. We have a new trailer for God of War Ragnarok getting a story trailer. Also, what was revealed by a limited edition DualSense God of War Ragnarok controller. I have to say that the controller does look sexy. Uh, next thing we have, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge gets a new gameplay trailer. Uh, the upcoming VR2 game. Uh, it received a new gameplay trailer showing off a ton of the location, enemies, and allies in the game. Uh, Demo. D-E-M-E-O was announced for the VR2. Yakuza's uh, Ishin spinoff getting a Western release. Uh, it's going to be called Like a Dragon. Uh, it's coming to the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 in 2023. Hogwarts Legacy is getting a PlayStation exclusive quest. Uh, it's going to be a Hogsmeade-centered quest involving a spooky shop and its creepy basement. Pacific Drive, the first title from Ironwood Studios, was announced. Uh, no release date. We already talked about the PlayStation Stars loyalty program. Uh, I'm going to mess up this name. Sci Duality? Sin Duality? Sin Duality. Sin Duality. Uh, it's a new latest game from Bandai Namco. Uh, it's going to have a 2023 release window. Project Eve was renamed Stellar Blade and it's coming next year. Uh, yep. And Neo Developer announces uh, Rise of the Rowan. We already talked about that. So, overall, I thought it was a pretty bad showcase. I gotta be honest. The highlight for me was the God of War trailer. 
but nothing really else too exciting for me. What about you, Andy? Yeah, I think if it wasn't for that God of War trailer, it would be like sort of like a middling state of play. I mean, listen, um, these things I always feel like the reason for them is to give them a chance to have a spotlight without potentially gobbling up time for a larger proper showcase from PlayStation and Sony that's more of a first party centric focus. So yes, these games deserve attention. And you know, it's coming off of upcoming Tokyo Game Show, so it's like spotlighting Japanese developers leading into TGS. Um but yeah, a lot of this stuff was like, you know, it was okay, like I've been following Project Eve since it was announced at last year's uh showcase for PlayStation, uh which that was originally a multi-platform game, and now now it's been announced as a PS5 console exclusive game. So they they've they've had a conversation since last year and kind of scooped up publishing rights for that game. Um, it's nice seeing more Yakuza. Now it's called Like a Dragon. It's always been called Like a Dragon in Japan, so they just adopted the name. But it'll always be Yakuza to me. It's like it's like if we called we called it Biohazard Nine after being called the Resident Evil for years, like, it still seems weird to me, even though that's the name in Japan. Uh, again, with, uh, what, what was, uh, Hot Shots Golf was actually called Everybody's Golf. And now it's Everybody's Golf, Golf, yeah. Right. So, like, it'll always be, like, Yakuza to me. I don't care what they call it here. Um, again, I, I love the Rise of the Ronin. Um, I'm not sure why we needed a 30-second spot for the loyalty program in a 20-minute show. Just That could have that been a blog post. Like that could have been one more trailer or one more teaser to throw in this thing. Um, Pacific Drive looked interesting for for a first game from a new studio, Ironwood Studios. Don't care about Harry Potter or Hogwarts in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Star Wars again, take it or leave it. VR two game as a demo. Those are nice little games. I feel you you really can't appreciate that without wearing the headset itself and seeing what the game looks and plays like in in real life. Um, Tekken A, I'm a huge fan of Tekken. This was actually, I was shocked how good this looked. That we've we've evolved to a point where this looked like a CGI cutscene for a Tekken game, but this was running in game in engine on PlayStation Five from the game story mode. So seeing that level of like graphical fidelity kind of blew the mind a little bit. Cause I thought it was like just a, just a CGI cutscene teaser. This was actual gameplay we were watching, and that was kind of neat. And again, the Capra was like, "God of War saved the whole thing," because this trailer, the art direction, the graphics, the dialogue, are the reason why Sony kicks ass in this particular arena. The single player story driven game, they own that arena, and this game shows why they're so good at it this level of graphics and narrative and character is unmatched in the industry this is like the gold standard and i cannot wait for this game but this game saved the state the state of play i i'm still waiting on the uh tekken cross street fighter game yeah keep, keep waiting for that that's gonna be a long time <laughs> uh so coming from the chat uh alex rick says uh some mr perfect uh mr perfect love right there um and then black chaos who came in the chest says oh yeah uh cream of the cop cream of the crop 
Um, and then Rick says, off balance, on balance, it doesn't matter. Um, and then Black Air says, it looks all right. And then Rick says, I've not played a Tekken Pass 3. Do any others have side-scrolling beat-em-ups included? Oh, man. Tekken 3 is a good one. I kind of think the Tekken Tag tournament have a side-scrolling beat-em-up. I don't remember. I believe Tekken, te- Tekken Force mode is what, yeah, is what it was called. Right. Right, right, right. All right, so Alex, uh, I don't know if you watched the State of Play, but do you have any comments for, from it? You know, I think when there's ever there's disappointment when it comes to the Sony State of Play, I think people just want more of what Sony's doing. Like, if it's more Sony-focused, right. I think people are generally more pleased. But obviously, these are companies that Sony has a good relationship with, and they need to also showcase them to foster those good relationships. I mean, Hogwarts Legacy is one game they've been pushing for a while now, and it comes out in January. Right. So it doesn't surprise me that it showed up here. You know, Tekken 8 is a big reveal. That's a huge game series, one of the biggest fighting game series. So, you know, that's another feather in their cap. Um, Bandai Namco, they had another game showing off there. So and I think pe- people kind of forget about Bandai Namco a little bit. They kind of fly under the radar as far as developers go, but they do a lot and they do a lot of good stuff. Uh, you also had Team Ninja's game in there as well. Was it Rise of the Ronin? Was that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... Clearly, I mean, that's what, that's what it was put out as a, a third-party partner showcase, but I feel like as long as they, – they knew they had to do something Sony-owned, Sony so with God of War coming out, I think they figured that people would be happy or at least have something good to say or be jazzed about um, regardless of everything else if they just showed off more God of War. So, I mean, overall, like, you get a Tekken reveal, you get more God of War, you know, um, I don't know. I Maybe not the best showcase, but certainly not a bad one, I don't think. I, I think they had some noteworthy stuff in there, and like I said, they got to foster these good relationships with their partners, so, you know, in an age of acquisitions, the next best thing you can do if you can't buy them is to make sure you have a good relationship with them, so. Right, you know, and it's nice to reaffirm, like, their investment in the Japanese game dev market, like, they're, they're kind of, like, doubling down on, on all their, you know, partnerships and relationships, and it's nice seeing, like, there's an investment clearly to get a lot to secure a lot of these games to be only on the PlayStation console. So there's that, but to echo your sentiments, Alex, I feel like this is nice to have, but I think this should exist only to allow for a greater focus on a much longer deep dive into what the first party studios are working. Cause I feel like for next year, the only thing we know about is Spider-Man two is the only confirmed first-party game from Sony in 2023. And I hope that before the year's out, we know a few more things that are coming next year from first-party studios. So I'm thinking, this is nice, because this kind of like, this stuff could have been easily been filler in a first-party showcase, and what I deem as wasting time, because I, I really watch a showcase to see what the first-party teams are working on, because I feel like, yeah, third party is great. Second party games are fun, but I want to know why I got a PlayStation. What these teams that provide these experiences on this console exclusively are focusing on. So I feel like this is good, but give me the good stuff. Hopefully not too long from now because the year's like rounding out soon. Well, I mean, I think you'll you'll get definitely get more information about first party games whether it be Wolverine or Spider-Man or whatever after God of War comes out because mm-hmm. clearly they're in God of War mode right now and they don't want to take away from from that excitement. Oh yeah, I understand. I yeah, I get it. I get but it. But then also like with Sony not going to E3 and, you know, third party partners being a huge part of, you know, what were once the E3 pressers, 
you got to have a spot for those people too. So yeah, people may be disappointed in a press a press conference that has more or a direct that has more third party stuff than Sony stuff, but also at the same time, it's not going to make someone you know sell their PlayStation and go buy an Xbox. Oh no! Listen, if you know. Sony has like amazing brand loyalty. I mean, they have a huge like a very loyal fan base. But just as a PlayStation owner, like I want to know a more of a glimpse into next year outside of just Spider-Man Two as the only confirmed game for 2023. All right. Uh, before we wrap up the show, go to our shoutouts. I just have one question for you guys. Um, do you guys think we're still? Uh, this is the 18th of September as we're recording. Do you think we still get the uh, annual? September show from Sony, the big show. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I, they may, I think they'll move it into October, the, the month before God of War comes out, because we're, we're right. 12 days away from October, so I, I don't think they'll do two state of plays so close together. I think they're going to, you know, let it breathe a little bit, but next month we'll definitely get one. Yeah, it's a, again, to Alex's point earlier, it's, it's an odd situation, because Sony historically doesn't really release a big temple game in the fall winter season i feel like they get their stuff out at the beginning of the year and then they use september onward to like build up the stuff for next year there's been some some you know we got death stranding in november but that's like more of a second party game um but god of war is a big one and for it to be released in november is very unlike sony to do so i'm not sure if they're just holding out for that to come to pass or for focusing on what's happening next year but i feel like they do need something and i hope it's not just this we get because they made some moves this year they've you know they bought a few companies over the last few months they've actually released games unlike other publishers that we know they released some games this year uh what an idea so, yeah, um, I hope that we get an actual showcase before the year's out. Well, and also, you think of God of War's timing. God of War has almost perfect timing when it's released because I can't think of really many other big games that are going to be coming out. You know, you have Pokemon uh, Violet and Scarlet. That's going to be, you know, it's not really competition yeah, for God of War. Because yeah, it's two different demographics entirely. Both of them will sell very well regardless. But you think uh -huh. about Starfield. Starfield's next year. You think about Zelda. Zelda's next year. And so they really don't have any competition in that arena. So God of War is going to sell like crazy. Mm -hmm. I just think, I think that they would be smart to kind of, like, okay, we put out God of War and now we're going to wait for a little bit to release our next thing because again, Starfield and Zelda, and we don't really want to put anything in that window because that's, that's a lot. So right. it may be a bit before they, they put out another big game. Um, but they did have two big first party releases, whether you like Last of Us or not, or whether you agree with it or not. It was a big release. You also have God of War coming out, so it's we'll hear something. Sony has always done a better job than Nintendo and Microsoft have given us the roadmap to what they're going to do. But I think that we're not going to see anything more until after God of War comes out. Yeah, they can always announce the uh, the return of the uh, PlayStation Experience and do a whole like blitz in December around that as well so that could be a thing yeah well i don't think we're getting the playstation experience this year i mean they had to plan for it. people buy tickets and plane tickets and hotels and stuff like that oh, it, 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 it could be a digital thing you know yes it could be yeah all right so let's close out the show uh let's do some shout outs andy we'll start with you first uh be, 
as you do your shout outs, please give people the information to where they can find you and the showcase and all that stuff you guys accomplished uh, just recently. Oh, good God. Okay, so first shout outs is to you and Alex. You're both amazing. I love you guys. I love the show. I love PlayStation. I love talking about PlayStation. So thank you for this platform to show my love, to show my unwavering cock gobblingness of the Sony dick. Love that. Always, always up for that chance to do this on the show. You know, I thought Sony ponies as far as people would take it, but man, we've gone into a whole new, uh, a whole new world. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> um, and I want to again shout out uh, to the showcase. If you guys go to uh, Dual Screens, D U E L, like dueling pistols, dualscreens.com forward slash showcase, that'll take you to our first ever Steam event. Where we're showcasing almost 80 indie games that you can wish list right now. Please, please go on there, check them out. These guys are scrappy, they have no budgets, they need support. I love AAA games, but indie games, man, they need all your love and attention. So please go check those games out, wish list them, tell them I sent you, and go to youtube.com forward slash dual screens tv to watch our hour-long showcase where we showed about 30 plus indie games some a lot of new trailers some release dates and even a world premiere trailer on that showcase so a lot of fun a lot of hard work please go check that out all right alex your shout out sir your shout out to the community the community the fans the fuel to the fire the trophy horrors uh, thank you all for supporting the show this week, last week, in the future. Uh, no matter how long you've been here, you are the reason that the show continues to thrive and the reason that we get to have great guests like Andy on and that Tricky and I have a platform to give our sometimes ludicrous opinions. It's all because of you all, the, the heartbeat of trophy horrors in our community. So thank you all so very much for everything you do for us. I give a shout out to Tricky and uh, even to Yield, who could not join us tonight because I'm sure he's he's uh, – None too happy about losing to the Lone Star State boys, um, but I'm sure the Bengals will bounce back. Uh, big shout out to Andy. I didn't get to record with Andy last time, but I knew it would be a joyous occasion to get back here on here and uh, and go mic to mic with Andy. So, Andy, thank you for coming on. And, and, you know, we know that you do a lot of podcasts and we know that you do a lot of stuff with uh, with games commentary and games coverage. So we, we're very appreciative that you could cut out some time for us. Alex, I told you, if you ask me, I will always come on the show. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm about to abuse that <laughs> and ask you every week. Next time we need Andy on the show, I'm sending Alex. Uh, last but not least, uh, well, I also want to give a shout, another shout-out to Konami for the Castlevania collection. Uh, they're killing it with the collections, you know, with the uh, Ninja Turtles, also with, with Castlevania. Uh, if only they could do better with their new IP or, you know, putting out new games, that would uh, probably go a long way to help their company. But they're, they're killing it with the collections. Uh, last but not least, I'm going to give a shout out to my awesome and loving girlfriend, Ashley, who I'm sure is waiting for me to watch the newest episode of House of the Dragon with her, because we love our Game of Thrones. This better be a better episode this week. I was bored out of my fucking mind last Sunday. Yeah, last last week's episode <laughs> took a weird turn that I think maybe we all saw coming. What am I, what am I watching in this episode? <laughs> we were not ready for that. But uh, yeah, this this one is where they truly inject some conflict into uh, into the series, where we start talking about kind of a um, a warring among the uh, the people for the the Iron Throne. So I think this episode, I think you'll get what you want with this episode, Andy, because I think it'll be a lot more interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, 
I love you, Ashley. And um, that's going to be the end of my shout-outs. And I want to give a shout-out to everybody that joined us in the chat. Uh, Felicia, Rick, Black Chaos, uh, Matt G. Uh, if I'm forgetting you, uh, I'm sorry, but thank you. you what about Caneless? In the chat. Caneless, sorry. Uh, everybody in the chat, you guys make this show uh, better because we were able to you know, live react to what you're saying, uh, even when Rick wants to call Andy a cocksucker. I've been um, called way worse. Don't worry about it, dude. <laughs> That's a, that's a compliment, actually. Uh, well, I wasn't going to go. How did you know? <laughs> um, shout out to all the listeners. Uh, listen to show. Uh, <laughs> Tricky's all flustered now. He can't. He can't finish. <laughs> no. I'll, I'll, Who I'll, told him my life? <laughs> Rick says, "Dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> um, shout out to all the listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, you guys are amazing the fact that we are nine episodes away from 550 is just freaking incredible um thank you very much shout out to sweet mama d who is currently in her room watching a video about spamton i i, I guess that's a delta rune thing are you, are you gonna get her to bed on time this week because you know last week you kind of mucked that up a little bit tricky mick um no actually her bedtime was 15 minutes ago and apparently she just informed me that she's in her room watching youtube Apparently, I missed out on that as well. Uh, but thank you very much. And if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. Bye. song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash Even Philippines. 